Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Werewolf for Mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolf. Werewolf for Mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolf. All right, that was that was great. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive on Halloween 2023. It's seven o'clock in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, and Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. Uh, Brooke Grimsley is here. The one, the only Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, is here. I'm Randy Carricker. Good morning, kids. How are we doing? Doing Ooh, well. It's spooky Ooh. today. Randy and Rose Arena, Dolores Garcia, <laughs> Mike Lee contract. Spooky thing. Scary. <laughs> Brett Cecil. <laughs> Can we make a haunted house of ghosts of St. Louis sports pass, please? <laughs> oh, brother. Yeah, we've got a few. Stan uh, Kroenke. The devil. Yeah. <laughs> Very spooky. Oh, we got a show coming up for you. We, uh, we, we got a show cut out. What can I say? Uh, we are going to uh, have the official opening drive Halloween candy draft. Matthew Rocchio has the first draft at night or first pick at nine fifteen, and he's already he's already signed his pick. So, he signed it early. Uh-huh. Yeah. Didn't have I don't. Work. I don't know. I, I'm interested to see Rock's strategy going to this because I was thinking of some strategies last night, so I'm very well prepared for this. Having the first pick in a in a snake draft is kind of hard. Uh-huh. You got a long time mm-hmm. to wait before you can pick yep. again. Yep. Brooke, I'm surprised you, you you don't already know my strategy. You 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 lived my strategy in a lot of ways this weekend. Mm-hmm. I wake up and you know I piss ex- excellence. You know I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming here to win. That's my strategy. All right. <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah. yeah. If you ain't right? first, you're last. Yep. All right. I'm I'm here to win. That's my strategy. Oh, you coming at me like a spider monkey? Come at you like a spider monkey. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. That's a lovely Coca-Cola. So, uh, Brooke and, and Matthew, you learn this. Uh, Carrie and I already know this. That if you have a baby that incessantly cries. Ultimately, you've got to get it. It's binky, right? Until it's what three years old, uh, two, maybe two, two. two. You gotta get it. It's binky. Uh, well, early this morning, James Harden got another binky mm. uh, after oh. after crying incessantly <laughs> to get out of Houston and Good crying incessantly to get out of Brooklyn and crying I, incessantly to get. Okay, you, you can defend him here in a second I, to, to get out of Philly. Him. He uh, <laughs> he got his wish and now he's a member of the Clippers. Good luck to them. I, to know what James Harden knows because yeah. he knows mm-hmm. some things mm-hmm. maybe things that he shouldn't know but he does have he has no trouble leaving a place going to another place he, he has no no real issues no, nothing you know binding him or, mm-hmm. or tying him Ben Simmons they took an entire year mm-hmm. before they said okay we're, we're sick of you 
James James Harden, yeah, I'm sick of this place. He wore a, there's a, a rumor that he wore a fat suit, that he yep. wore a suit that made him, because when he got to the new destination, he, he didn't skinny. look. It's amazing <laughs> how that happened. Yeah. How is that even possible? This is an intriguing thing for, for James Harden. He, and I was thinking about this this morning when I saw that the trade happened. Do the OKC Thunder go down as the the one team in oh, yeah. the history of basketball, the, the greatest failure of, of accumulated talent? You got three future MVPs on that team, mm-hmm. uh, t- scoring <clears throat> title leaders, arguably one of the best players to ever play the game in Kevin Durant, and they got nothing. Mm-hmm. They got no, one championship yep. series, one championship uh, finals run, and nothing else. And they could have trade. They could have kept Harden for a while. They they traded yeah. him early. He was traded to the Clippers. And by the way, the Clippers also get PJ Tucker, who will be a big part Good of what him. they're trying to do. And former Jayhawker uh, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, KJ Martin, and a package of three picks go back to Philadelphia. And Philadelphia apparently wants to use those assets to get a guard to pair with Joel Embiid. And this is why Philly wanted to trade him, because James Harden left a disaster in his wake in Houston. Then he goes to Brooklyn, and he leaves a disaster in his wake because the big three didn't work out. And then Irving becomes Kyrie, and and Kevin Durant decides he wants out. And what Philadelphia is trying to do is avoid a similar disaster and having to tra- uh, tear their franchise down to the studs with Joel Embiid there. Wow. I, I'm just glad that the drama of all of it is over with. I mean, that was a very tumultuous summer. He called basically the owner out, what, for being a liar, right? You, remember, mm-hmm. yeah. you guys remember yeah. that? Team President Daryl Moore. And Morgan. so we'll see what happens now with him. Did you say yeah. he's skinny now? Well, he was, he was, no, he's not skinny. But he, <laughs> he was very doughboy. He was wearing a suit. He was wearing a suit when he was in Brooklyn. Was it Brooklyn? Uh, Houston. Or Houston? Houston, Houston to Brooklyn. To Brooklyn. That it looked like it literally looked like he he had twenty pounds on him, and when he got oh, to wow. Brooklyn, it looked like he was twenty pounds skinnier. In a matter of like two days. How? I don't know. It's they, amazing. They, they because the big That's concern it. was his yeah. training, right? Yeah. It was that he if he was going to be physically ready to even if and he was traded. Here's the thing: he's not a he's a still a very good player. He led the league in assists last year. He's I not know. a bum. He's just not MVP caliber. Uh, she's showing he's yeah. Rock is showing By the way, can you imagine this Clippers team in 2017? Yeah, that would with be with Leonard, George, Westbrook, and Harden. That would that would be. But this team now, Rock was asking me earlier, "Are you afraid of this team?" Now I'm like, oh, "No." I he said, "Well, if Kyrie, I mean, if if Kawhi is healthy," I said, if, if, "What was the word you said? <laughs> what was the word you said right. before healthy?" Yeah. Mm. If he's only gonna be healthy for the wrong month, uh, yeah, listen, and you're in and trouble. That's be, all I'm saying. It's gonna be that's May. what happened with the Raptors. They got a ring because of it. <laughs> he's gonna be healthy. He's gonna be healthy every month except for May. But if he's not, if, last time it happened, he got a ring. If. Is the question? Yep. And uh, Paul George. Monday Night Football: The Lions over the Raiders, twenty-six to fourteen. One thing about the Lions are fast. And Brad Holmes, their general manager, was a PR intern with the St. Louis Rams in tw- two thousand three, and grew up here as a football executive here in St. Louis. He went from PR intern into the scouting department, worked with Charlie Army and Jay Zygmunt and Billy Devaney, and ultimately Les Snead. Went with the team to LA and learned about what to do and what not to do in building a franchise. But one thing he learned off the bat is that speed kills, and he joined. To the greatest show on turf. And now you look at that team with what Gibbs last night did last night. Jameer Gibbs had 180 total yards from scrimmage. You have uh, an emerging player, hopefully, in Jamison Williams. But Amon Ross St. Brown, Laporta, the kid from uh, the area. 
is terrific. They're loaded up front on the offensive line. They're really good. Penesuel has finally turned into a, a really solid offensive lineman. And their defense is one that really gets after the quarterback. I am a Lions fan. I know Mike Martz came on here last year down the stretch and said, hey, that's the team you don't want to face if they make the playoffs. And I feel that way about them now. With If you're the Eagles, if you're the 49ers, you don't want to see Detroit. Well, they are a tough team. Uh, they started with their head coach. When he came out talking about biting kneecaps, mm-hmm. people looked at him like he was crazy. But those players play really hard for him. And we saw it last year, them going into Green Bay, winning that game, even though they had nothing to play for. Only thing that they could get out of that was keeping Green Bay out of the playoffs. We figured that this was going to be a team going into this year was going to be really good. Aaron Rodgers leads the division. Kirk Cousins down with uh, an Achilles injury for the year. They are going to run away with this division because the Chicago Bears have no chance. The the Minnesota Vikings now have no chance. So they're going to run away with this division. And I think that they are, they still may be a year away from being the complete package where you say, okay, they have a real championship run in them. Uh, But they're going to, you know, they're going to win the division. They'll win. They may win or they may lose first round of the playoffs, but they are a team looking forward to for the next two to three years to be really, really good. And the Lions outgained the Raiders by 329 yards. On the other side of it, the Raiders, that whole disaster is just continuing. Josh McDaniels has to go, has to go. Mm-hmm. Do you think here soon or by the end of the season? Because there was even reports that they had a powwow. Did you guys see that about the Raiders? Josh McDaniels had a little powwow where they could air out their grievances mm-hmm. and get things out. I don't know if you guys saw Devontae Adams on the sidelines, yeah. but I think he needs a couple more powwows and I think he wants to get <clears throat> out of there because that was so frustrating. One catch for, what was it, 11, 11 yard, yards? Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo looked terrible. terrible. But in general, the Raiders continue yeah. to look cha- terrible. And that's a product of their ownership. It's just it's bad ownership, and that's one of the teams that doesn't have a chance because of bad ownership. Oh, by the way, speaking of Devontae Adams, the NFL trade deadline is later this afternoon. World Series Game 3 last night at Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. Rangers over the Diamondbacks by a score of 3-1. to one. Bottom of the second, Christian Walker led off with a double. And then Tommy Pham with a base hit, and Walker tried to score. He was thrown out at the plate, then Guriel popped out, Thomas grounded out, so you go to the third inning, scoreless game after Walker had been thrown out, should have stopped at third. A couple of runners aboard for Corey Seager. Corey Seager smashes a ball, down the line, goodbye! Three to nothing, Texas! Momentum switched (laughs) dramatically when Walker got thrown out at the plate, and that was all the... Uh, Rangers would need as they win it by a score of three to one on that three run homer by Corey Seager. That was a, a very good game, especially defensively. It was just nice seeing both teams after seeing what we saw with the Cardinals this season defensively have a really good game. There is some concerning things, though, with the Rangers now moving forward. One, you had Max Scherzer exit the game early. Mm-hmm. As you guys saw there, uh, he got hit, basically. Well, the pitch came back to him, but um, the back issues. How long do you think he's had that? Yeah, about a week back. <sighs> I, as soon as I saw that, that he left the game with back tightness. I, I Oh, okay. There we go. Thank you, sir. I, I knew that that would come Appreciate up today. It. And then Adolis Garcia with his oblique, that's something to watch yeah. for because that changes a lot. So then you bring in John Gray, which John Gray was fantastic, but he was supposed to be your starter mm-hmm. today. 
That yeah. was the plan, and then that did not go that way. But with the whole Max Scherzer situation, I kind of thought in that moment, because we've seen that, especially with the Cardinals in recent history, I think about um, the whole situation with the thumb. Remember that? Oh, yeah. With Ryan Helsley, mm-hmm. where I thought that with Max Scherzer, obviously physically it was ailing him, his back, but at the same time, I liked that he didn't let the ego take over where he just tried to go back out there. You could tell that he was obviously in pain, but there's a lot of people who probably would just said, no, I just need to go back out there and figure this out. But he knew that it wouldn't be best for the team. John Gray was fantastic in that situation. I think they were saying that he's only come out of the bullpen once, once in his career. In his yeah. career. Yeah. He great. And he was fantastic. But it's going to be interesting to watch to see the adjustments that Bruce Bochy makes now that you've used John Gray and then Adolis Garcia. Hopefully that's not something serious because, Randy, you said – He's a momentum man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He creates momentum. The way that he mowed down Christian Walker at the plate and then they were able to respond the Rangers at the plate the next inning, he's the guy that creates the momentum. It seems like when he goes, the Rangers go. No doubt about it. And by the way, that was a two-run homer by Seager after the base hit by, by Simeon. So it's 2-1 in favor of the Rangers game four tonight. And uh, we have that one here on 101 ESPN starting at 6 o'clock with the pregame and the the first pitch will be just after 7 o'clock. And uh, you mentioned it all, Scarcy. He's going he's gonna to have an MRI today down in uh, in Arizona. So there you have it. Uh, Kerry was getting a kick out of Dabo Sweeney, the head coach at Clemson, ripping into a collar on his radio show. That's fun for me, man. He's going in. Like I, I love hearing coaches, you know, just being their authentic selves and, and defending themselves, <laughs> defending their team, their program. Uh, he, he went in. He was saying, hey, you, you, we hadn't won a championship in 35 years, and here we are winning two out of the last seven years, and you all are complaining right now. We're having a bad year, of course. Told the guy to apply for the job. <laughs> <laughs> you think you can do better? Yeah, apply for the job. I, I, I love it because the thing, it, we go through this as high school coaches. There are a number of fans, parents, people, that stand behind you in the stands, and they tell you what plays to run. Hey, ma'am, sir, if we could run that play, we would. Maybe we did run that play, and your 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 child didn't execute it. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? <laughs> maybe, maybe exactly what you're saying is exactly what we're doing. It just doesn't look like it. Whose fault is that? You know. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, sometimes you have to you have to let people know. Hey, we're doing what we can do. People are playing hard. People are coaching hard. Everyone is working hard. No one is trying to lose or perform poorly. But the guys on the other side, they're they're on scholarship as well. Mm-hmm. They have good coaches as well. They're working hard as well. So how do you get past that? You have to continue to push forward and work harder. So he's frustrated. They're not having a great season. Uh, it could have been anybody they called in. Uh-huh. This guy, I yeah. think his name was Tyler. I think <laughs> Tyler Tyler just happened to be the uh, the one that got yeah, it the, that day. The, the whipping boy. Yeah, it's it happens. The opening drive on 101 ESPN. We are not dressed for uh, Halloween today, but you can still watch us on YouTube on our Air Alliance Team Studio Cam. Just go to 101 ESPN STL. Watch us on YouTube. Please subscribe to 101 ESPN. And of course, if you miss anything during today's show, you can catch us on our podcast brought to you by Dobbs Tire and auto centers. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, it is Halloween, so what scares you most on the St. Louis sports scene? That's coming your way here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're going to hit on this 
a couple of times today. We want to hear from you on the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. And you can also always... Carrie <laughs> <laughs> liked the spooky version. <laughs> and I almost spit out my coffee. Uh, you can also leave us a mic drop because throughout the course of the show, we're going to weigh in on what scares us most about the St. Louis sports scene. I, for example, last year saw the Cardinals' fundamentals deteriorate, and I saw some of the young players have seen some of the young players not appear to ascend. A guy like Dylan Carlson was a cold, dead hands guy. I'll trade him when somebody takes him out of my cold, dead hands, said Pobo John Mozeliak. And since finishing third in Rookie of the Year voting in 2021, Dylan Carlson, granted, he's had injury issues, but he has also descended as a baseball player. You look at what happened to Paul DeYoung. I don't know if Paul DeYoung descended because of the way that he was utilized or the way that he was coached here in St. Louis. But the fact of the matter is they kept thinking that he was going to be good and he wound up never being that guy. I've seen it happen with numerous pitchers here in St. Louis, most notably Matthew Libertor, who would go throw 96-97 down in Memphis and then come up here, throw 93-94 and get rocked. The thing that scares me most about the St. Louis sports scene for the next year is the Cardinals not fortifying their coaching staff. And I'm not saying replace people, not fortifying their coaching staff and making sure that they have people that can make players better and to maximize their investments in players like Dylan Carlson, Matthew Libertor, Tyler O'Neill's probably not going to be here to maximize anymore. But don't allow this to happen to people like Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker either. Getting people that can develop players into being the best versions of themselves. I, I think that's extremely important. I, you you evaluate, you see the talent, you project what they can be, but then you have to work with them to really bring that all of that talent to the forefront. Once you get a guy like Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, they've been doing it so long. That's who they are. They have gotten past that sticking point of you go, going to be a great player, going to be a good player, obviously. You have players that can be really good, but when you coach them up and teach them and show them, then they can become great players. And I think I agree with you. They have to develop players into being, becoming great players. And that's a big part of getting all those pieces that you need for the coaching staff and having the right people in the right roles. I hope this works out with Yadier Molina because I think that he wouldn't just be a bench coach or possibly a pitching coach, whatever it may be. I think that he would be a coach that helps in so many different areas. And you need that. But you also need other resources there, too, because I understand that sometimes you do have to send these players down for various reasons. But I would like to think that the best coaches are here in St. Louis to be able to really help develop and grow players. Agreed. I, I, I agree as well. For me, it's going to be if the Blues cannot turn things around because then you will have the 22-23 season, 23-24 season of the Blues being back-to-back seasons of terrible hockey. And in between those two seasons, you will have what the Cardinals put on display last year, which was terrible baseball. That is a nightmare for St. Louis sports fans to have to. The one thing when you when you saw the Blues start three and zero and then lose eight in a row, and you're like, oh my god, it's gonna. And it turned into what it turned into last year. What were they saying? Whew, I can't wait for Cardinal season to come around. Yeah, right. And then when the Cardinals came around and they started stinking like they were, and then you're like, whew, I can't wait for the hockey season to start again. And now the Blues are win one, lose one. Win look really good, lose look really bad. 
they're on that back and forth. What are you going to say? You 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 can't say, whoo, can't wait for the Cardinals season to come around because the Cardinals haven't shown you anything thus far in this offseason, anything in 2020 in 2023 to make you believe that they're gonna be better in 24. This is a nightmare for St. Louis fans in this moment if the Blues do not figure some things out. Thanks for that. It's, <laughs> it's pretty pretty scary. It looks like we need something nice, right? Like is that city is it, oh. oh. Well, that kind of plays into mine and what what I'm scared about is that I want City SC to do better in this playoffs. I mean, this is historic. This season has been historic. So, even what happens this playoffs doesn't take away from that. You can be I think it's two very separate things. I mean, just ask some of these teams that were knocked out of the MLB playoffs. You know, they had great regular seasons and then it didn't transfer over into postseason play. I am most afraid of City SC just getting blown out by Sporting Kansas because, one, this is a budding rivalry, so I want this to be a really good competition. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I want City SC to advance. And I just want the history to continue because, to me, City SC has been the highlight of St. Louis sports this year. You're talking about the Cardinals, all the things that we had to go through with that. You're talking about the Blues, what we're having to deal with so early on the season. City SC was the most exciting thing about this summer, the historic season, the inaugural season, the way that they came out and surprised everyone. I just want them to be able to continue that and to be able to make the run that we know that they can be capable of during this playoffs. We have texts, and we do appreciate your texts to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314 Yo-ho! Six starting pitchers. Two Beer Timmy from the South Side. I thought he was on the air down the hall. Anyway, Two Beer Timmy from the South Side. What scares me the most is that the Cardinals do not appear to learn from their mistakes, and they keep running the same game plan, which is just not working anymore. That is kind of scary. That Think about the Cardinals not advancing their approach because it doesn't appear that they have and you look at other teams you look at the teams that are playing in the world series right now the the diamondbacks have taken advantage of the rules and become a running team and that's made them successful and then the rangers obviously they bring in mike maddox and their pitching all of a sudden magically gets better i think to whatever business you're in you have to adapt to the times yeah you do you have to adapt and i think Speaking of things that are scary, it would be scary if they see this as just a one-off, what we saw this season, because to me, that's where you're just looking at the tip of the iceberg, right? Where you only see that, you don't see everything that is underneath the waters, because I think that if you have a season like this, a really, really bad season, that there's greater issues that you have to take a deeper dive into. And I hope that they are fully evaluating that. And I think that that also will be showcased in the decisions they make with the coaching staff, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, to get quality, you have to be willing to pay for quality. The Cardinals are cheap. Look at what they pay their coaches. Why do you think Okendo retired? Mm. That's uh, So um, clearly, as we have seen this year and we're seeing in the World Series right now, spending the most money is the way to go. You well no not not necessarily. No, look at the Mets in the World Series. No 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 they're, they're not. Carrie, <laughs> look at look, look at the Padres. They're at home. They're, they're at home. Look at the Yankees. The Yankees. Look at the Yankees. They're at home as well. What, all, all those guys are at home. What what, what are the look at what the Angels have done for the last four years? They're also at home. 
They're all they're all at home, Randy. They they spent a lot of money, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the the Oakland Athletics didn't spend any money, and they're at home too. So, hey, so, hey there you, you go. Find a middle ground somewhere out there. You have to find a way to figure out how to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Spend money in the right places. Have young guys in other places, and figure out how to win baseball games. And that goes back to evaluating talent, because yeah. then you know what to spend and what not to spend on, and then clubhouse culture also factors into that. Uh, what scares me the most is that if we don't add two to three good starting pitchers and two to three good relievers, we're in for a rude awakening, awakening for the next three to five years. Yes, that is scary. And uh, let's see, we have a, another one that says, what scares me the most is the Illini. Yeah. Oh. I, you should be. Hey, they're scary as hell to watch. All right. <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> okay, so how do you feel about the Illinois. future, though? I get it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I sat through this. I lived it. <laughs> do you see light at the end of the tunnel that isn't a train coming at you? Uh, for Illinois, I yeah. think, you know, I, I, again, last year was a fantastic year. It was a 7-1 season until we ran into Michigan State. And that is the thing. When you have great years like that, when you are – top 15 in the country when you are moving in that direction you have to capitalize off of it Missouri is in the same scenario that Illinois was in last year they are seven and one everything that they want is in front of them if they want to be big t- uh, SEC champions they have it all in front of them they have what they need to do in front of them now for Illinois uh, do I see light at the end of the tunnel I, man I don't know hey hey we're, we're three and five this right mm-hmm. now. I think we we had a bye last week. I think we have a uh, we got a chance to win some games, but I don't I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I don't know. <laughs> quarterback play and you know offensive line plays. You got to figure everything out. And you lose with that many defensive players to the NFL. Mm. Um, yep. Hey. Got that going for us. Devon Weatherspoon, the best, best corner in the league. There he is. He's How great. about that? Okay, one more from the 636. My greatest fear is that Missouri won't legalize sports betting in my lifetime. I will never understand the holdup with that and everything that's going on. one dude. It is. Because he wants it. It's the machines, right? Yeah, in the gas stations. In gas the gas station stations. Video things. Why? It does is does he have some money in that, or do you get more? Uh, does the government or local government get more of a cut if it's those specifically? I don't know why he wants to do it. He just seems he, he seems like kind of a stick in the mud. Hmm. What I'm saying. If everybody else is doing it, then you should do it too. Well, and I believe are, aren't there eight <laughs> states that border Missouri? Yes. I believe seven of the eight that border Missouri. Yeah have legalized sports gambling. So people are literally leaving Missouri, taking their money across state lines, and giving that money to other states. And it's not going to stop or slow down. So why not get with it? Yeah, why not? So that's a good, scary thing. We'll have more. We want your mic drops with the mic drop feature with the 101 ESPN app. What scares you most about the St. Louis sports scene on this Halloween 2023? Halloween happens to mesh today with Taco Tuesday. So hopefully your tacos aren't scary. <laughs> that one got, that got Matthew going. Uh, coming up, based on what we've seen from the Matthew's Blues, just in tears over this joke. <laughs> what, what should we expect from the Blues as we're all nearly a tenth of the way into the season? That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Hackman Lumber. 
Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Unlike my days in uh, education, when I was a student, I did homework during the break. And the only state that borders Missouri, of the eight, that doesn't have legalized sports betting at the moment is Oklahoma. Oklahoma does have sports betting on the way in 2023. So therefore, the states that border the great state of Missouri, Illinois has sports betting. Kentucky has sports betting. Tennessee has sports betting. Arkansas has sports betting. Oklahoma has sports betting. Kansas has sports betting. And Nebraska has sports betting. So now you know via radio. Hmm. He yep. said Nebraska. <laughs> you don't think Nebraska so, should have that, just, right? I just, there's some states I can, I'm okay with losing to, and there's ones that I can't abide. Wow. Kansas, what, what Arkansas, Nebraska. What did the Cornhuskers do to you? Yeah. I think you said it in the name. Okay. Mm. All right. Nebraska's had it since 2021. Jesus. Must be nice. Wow. So yeah. if, you, if you neighbor any of those states, you just drive across the border and place your bet and come back home? That's what we do here. We, apparently, Ooh. and I'm not... I, I haven't done this, but apparently all you have to do is like drive across a bridge and your phone will ping mm. and tell you, yeah, okay, bet place. Bet, bet's so, good to go. So mm. you're Drive right back across. Yeah. Cool. Right. So, uh, guys, the Blues are uh, kind of scuffling early in the season. They are far from dominant. And Tom Stillman joined us here in studio during the offseason and said, hey, we are not going to be elite. And so we should take the Blues at their word. But they've had really inconsistent efforts so far in the season. They're second to last in their division with seven points. Granted, they have games in hand on every other team in their division except <laughs> Dallas. But the the level of inconsistency is alarming to me. I the the name of the the way that this segment is couched is based on what we've seen from the Blues, what do you expect? Based on what we've seen from the Blues, I have no idea what to expect. That I one hundred percent. Yeah, I well, think. Yeah, I think you can expect them to win tonight because they win one, lose one, win one, lose one, <laughs> yeah, win right, one, right. lose one. So they lost the last one, so they should win tonight. That's how you, you, there you go. And that's exactly what it is. They're just consistently inconsistent this season. And I know that they keep trying to, and Ruby is just trying to continue to shuffle the lines, put different guys around in different situations, but. I don't even think that even moving the lines around, moving guys around is enough to really spark this team. Maybe it gives them a spark for one game, but it doesn't feel like it's something that is sustainable. And so how? what do you do at that point? Because then it becomes more of a talent skill issue. Do they have too many of these lunch pail blue collar guys and not enough goal scorers this season? 
Well, I, I would say no, because if you have lunch pail blue collar guys, those guys show up to work every day. Yeah. Those guys don't take, you know, one game, play really hard and then don't play really hard the next game. That is the biggest issue for me. I, I don't really care about, you know, you being outshot. Okay, you've been outshot in every game this year except for one. You you not getting enough shots on go. Okay, you've done that pretty much every every game except for one. The issue that I have is the inconsistent effort and the inconsistent not knowing who's going to show up. You win 3 to 0 versus the the um the Flames, and then you come back and get just smoked against mm-hmm. the Canucks the, the next night. That to me is not a it's not a talent thing. For me, that's an effort thing. That's a team that that I don't think the Canucks are five goals better than you. They shouldn't be. And so mm-hmm. for me, just how you look night to night. You can't have lackluster effort. You can't come out looking lethargic. You've done it. You haven't. You haven't looked great in the games that you've lost against the Jets, the Coyotes, and the and the Canucks. But then you look really good in those games in between. So, for me, if you lose, at least looking consistent with your effort and your energy, and just being beaten by a better team, not being drugged because you aren't, you know, showing up in a manner in which you should. After tomorrow night, the Blues will have nine eight-game segments left in the season. This will be the first eight-game segment that they played. They'll play to t- have played a tenth of the season. If Braden Chen doesn't score tomorrow, he'll be on pace for zero goals mm. this season. It's not great. If uh, Jake Neighbors doesn't score tomorrow, he'll be on pace for ten goals this season. If Sammy Blay doesn't score, he'll be on pace for 10. If Buchnevich, granted, he missed time. But if he doesn't score tomorrow, he'll be on pace for 10. Kairou has one goal. He would be on pace if he doesn't score tomorrow night for 10 goals. Verana, who scored 10 in 20 games for the Blues last year, would be on pace for 10 goals this season. Robert Thomas would be on pace for 10 goals on the season. That is not sustainable in terms of success. The Blues only have one team in the league that has scored fewer goals per game than them, and that's the San Jose Sharks. That means that the the Hawks, who are dismal, the Blackhawks, the Caps, the Kraken, all are scoring more than the Blues. Blues are at 1.86 goals a game. Here is a statistic for you. The Vancouver Canucks are, on average, scoring twice as many goals per game as the Blues are. And the, and the Canucks are fifth in the league. So who does this—I didn't mean to cut you off, Burke. Who does this fall on? Does it fall on Braden Shin, the captain? Does it fall on the two guys that you gave the biggest contracts to that are supposed to be your stars on this team? Who—if the Blues continue having these ups and downs, these very good games and these very poor games— who do you look at and say, or is it on Craig Berube? Is it on Army? Who do you look at and say, this is on you, fix it? Two quick things. Number one, the power play. Whoever is putting the power play together, I don't mm-hmm. even know who it is right now, but the power play is an issue. And regardless of your skill level, you should be able to score power play goals. The other th- thing that I would say is, and, and this doesn't go to the player, I'm not going to blame you, I'm going to bl- blame the guy that brought you here. Who is the Blues elite playmaker? That's the that, it's that, supposed that. to be Jordan Cairo. With playmaker Thomas, oh, right? Oh, Thomas, yes, yeah. yes. Right. So who's who, who's setting guys up? Who's who's getting the puck in position to score for Cairo and Verana and Bucinavich? Got to figure something out. Yeah. Got to figure something Kevin out. Hayes. And that's yeah. well, yeah, yeah. Not, that's not that's been a struggle this season. Sure. I think it's 
the blame goes around to everybody. One, it is on the players to be able to perform and execute whatever the game plan, whatever the system is that they're trying to execute this season, and they should be doing it on a consistent level, and on Baruby and some of the changes that he's making, and it's on Doug Armstrong, because it does feel like we are missing that, and it feels like the guys are just not opportunistic enough. Sometimes when they do get the opportunities, they're not able to capitalize on it, because even with Jordan Kyra this season, I think that he has made some improvements when it comes to being a better two-way player, but there's times where he's passing on opportunities that he should be able to execute on. Haven't you noticed that this mm-hmm. season where it's like they're passing the puck around? It's like, no, you that's they supposed to be, to be you. Yeah. yeah, it's supposed yep. to be you that's trying to score or score. You shouldn't be looking to someone else. And that's why I asked about if this is just too many of the guys, the same kind of guy essentially, where it's you have, of course, everybody's a playmaker, but I'm saying you have too many maybe of the same guy, the blue-collar guy, uh, the guy that is, you know, lunch pail, hardworking, which is fantastic, but you also need a balance of the guys who are willing to do a little bit more when it comes to goal scoring and making the most of those opportunities because they're... Those guys, the blue-collar guys, are supposed to be setting those guys up, but then they're not really capitalizing on those chances. And, Brooke, I, I would say, and you use this word a lot, that the Blues right now are lacking identity because of exactly what you're saying. It, seem, it seems like they're almost two different teams. Yeah. You've, you've got the fast goal-scoring guys, but then you, you do have a lot of the same, you know, plumber's plum, which is great. Yeah, you, you have to have them, but the Blues have people doing such disparate things. It doesn't really look like a unit at the moment. No, it doesn't whatsoever. Just a group of guys. Yep. Just trying to figure some things out. Yep. And tomorrow they get to take on Minnesota, which is uh, not Minnesota, Colorado. That's even worse. (laughs) I I was excited about Minnesota. You're not thrilled about the Avs? Well, not playing against them. Oh, okay. He's watching them play. Yeah. As long as they're not playing the Blues. I don't like to watch them play. I don't like anything Mm -hmm. about them. Okay. I hate them. I hate the avalanche. <laughs> I wonder if Stan Kroenke has anything to do with that. With my hate for them? Mm-hmm. A little bit. Oh. Yeah. A little bit. They, they've got some swell How guys, do you feel I'm about sure. Them? Yeah. Nice town. Don't he, he just the messed nice it up. Oh, okay. uh, so, yeah, so consistently inconsistent was the phrase used, and that's what I expect from the Blues. Coming up, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service sex line, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Take it or leave it coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Matthew and Randy, it is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Time for Tioli, guys. James Harden turned 34 on August 26th. Earlier this morning, he was traded to the L.A. Clippers in a massive trade with the Philadelphia 76ers. And now Harden is on a team with his former teammate in both Oklahoma City and Houston, Russell Westbrook, along with Paul George, his... uh, uh, contemporary and Kawhi Leonard. Take it or leave it, before the end of his career, James Harden wins a championship. Leave it. Leave <laughs> it. You have to leave it. I gotta how? leave it too. <laughs> I gotta leave it too. He said how? <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't need to. No, no, no. 
No, it's not, <laughs> not gonna happen. Uh, so we were talking earlier about Davo Sweeney and his uh, interaction with a a caller on a on a show. Tyler from Spartanburg. Dabo kind of kind of <laughs> let Tyler from Spartanburg have it. Take it or leave it. Every coach that is having a losing season, losing season should have the opportunity to have a conversation like that with one fan. Oh, I'll take it. Oh. One on air. I'm going to take it. Ask me whatever you want to ask, and I can let you know how I want to let you know. I we're, think that that's important. Great. Yeah. But you do better, pal. The hell you know about football. Every, every college coach has a call-in show. <laughs> they do. So they can do it. They can do it. But I think in general, I think that's needed now, considering you have so many keyboard warriors. And look, I get it. I understand frustrations, especially when your team that you're rooting for is not doing well. But sometimes, and from a media standpoint, I hate it when I hear people say, well, if I, oh, you're not, you're not asking this, you're not asking that. It's like, okay, you really want me to go up to Adam Wainwright and you want me to ask this question that you want me to specifically ask of why he stole money from the Cardinals this season. How many times did we see that this year? Mm-hmm. And so many people saying that on social media, okay, how about you? We can set up this phone call with you and Adam Wainwright, and you can say that to Adam Wainwright and see what he has to say. Yeah. It, I think it. that some people need to understand Reality sometimes check. that there's a way that you interact with another yeah. human. Absolutely. Not via keyboards. Uh, take it or leave it, guys. There is a report out right now, because as we know, trade deadline, spooky season going on. And the report is, it sounds like the Chiefs are planning to stand pat at the deadline, which follows their pattern in recent years to keep draft capital intact, knowing they'll need cheap labor to fill out the roster around their more expensive stars. And yes, the receiver position has come up for them. But for now, their plan is to bank on recent second rounders Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice developing. Take it or leave it. That would be a mistake for the Chiefs. I'm going to leave it. And you hope that those guys ascend just a little bit. But Patrick Mahomes makes people better. And now that they've signed Chris Jones, they can't go out and get another high-priced player. They, they've got Jones, they've got Kelsey, they've got Mahomes, and they've got Thune on the offensive line. That's about it. I don't think that they can really afford to go out and spend on another player and not fill in with draft pick capital. Yeah, I guess the question would be where or who would they go get? Uh, where would they get them from? Who would they get? And how would they fit in this team? I, I think this is the one thing, as crazy as it sounds, the, the receiver position is the one thing that is holding back this offense mm-hmm. from being great. <laughs> Travis Kelsey is going to do what he's going to do. But eventually, as I said, you're going to have teams bracketing him, making sure that he does not get as many passes caught as he normally has. And someone else has to make a play. Patrick Mahomes is going to throw it to the open guy. He doesn't have to force the ball to Travis Kelsey. You, as a receiver, when you are the open guy, have to make a play. Sky Moore dropped a touchdown wide open in the end zone. You can't have that. Rasheed Rice, he's still growing and learning, but you need those guys. I said it yesterday, Kadarius Toney, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, those guys, Watson, Tristan uh, Watson, they have to be able to play better and make plays when their opportunities are presented. And Kadarius Toney could be really well used closer to the line of scrimmage. I know they like to throw it deep and everybody loves that they throw it deep. But if you get the ball into Kadarius Tony's hands at the line of scrimmage and allow him to go one-on-one with the defender, he has a great chance. And they don't do that very often. When when will it get better, essentially, for the Chiefs and the receivers? Because, I mean, that was terrible, obviously, this past weekend with the loss against the Broncos. When is it going to get better and when is it too late? Um, I don't think it's if they make the playoffs. Yeah, if they make the playoffs, 
then they'll be the favorites going in. I mean, they, of him. they got a lot of guys out there. They got Matt Marquez Valdez Scanlon. Mm-hmm. You got you just brought in McCole Hartman. You brought him back. They got they have a lot of players, but not a guy that is consistently making plays. Right. That's what you need is a player yeah. making plays, and somebody has to grow up and wind up being that guy. All right, Matthew, what do you got on the text line? Take it or leave it. The Steelers need to fire Matt Canada now. Now. I mean, right right now. Right now. Tuesday. <laughs> I'm going to leave it because if you, as I said yesterday, I watched that game and I watched Kenny Pickett miss a wide open Deontay Johnson on a perfectly called play down on the goal line, down in the red zone, and, and just didn't make the throw. Threw it late. The, the, you know, the, the broadcaster said, oh, he slipped. No. Hell no. He was wide open. Kenny Pickett took too long. Let's call it what it is. There are and, – and I thought they did a better job of getting under center and trying to run Najee downhill as opposed to laterally out of the shotgun. So there are things that are, I guess, being corrected. Guys still have to make plays at the end of the day. And I'm a guy that has been saying for a couple of years now, Matt Canada mm-hmm. is not doing a great job, but I don't think Sunday was necessarily all on him. Take it or leave it. Trade Goldie and Arnato and go young. You're three to five years behind the rest of the league right now. Ooh, yeah, I think I'm going to leave, leave that. Uh, you, you, you're you only three to five years behind the rest of the league because you don't have starting pitching. Mm-hmm. I think you got a lot of the other pieces. Yep. If you had a, a pitcher or three. Yeah, uh, It doesn't it seem be like better. Colorado has really caught up. Now, nah. to the credit of Arizona, they traded Paul Goldschmidt and they're in the World Series five years later. Mm-hmm. But... The players that they got for Paul Goldschmidt were Luke Weaver, Andrew Young, and Carson Kelly, none of whom are with the organization no. anymore. And Paul Goldschmidt won an MVP last year and had had a representative season in 2023. Would you trade, so let's say we're the Diamondbacks in this situation, okay. would you trade Nolan Arenado or Goldschmidt for a, for a chance to be in the World Series five years from now? If, I, if I'm the Cardinals? Yes. Would I trade? Yes. Yeah, if you are guaranteed yeah. not to win the World Series, but to play yeah. in a World Series in five years from today. Oh, 100%. I think anybody's on yep. the table at that point. If you yep. can guarantee that, and I, it would be interesting to see what you get in return, but I think if you could guarantee that, then anybody's on the table, When right? the Cardinals lost in 85 and then in 87, they lost Game 7 of the World Series both years. Whitey said, you give me Game 7 of the World Series and I'll take it every single year. And I would too. If you go to the G- Game 7 of the World Series and you don't know what's going to happen, wouldn't you take that every single year? Oh, yeah. Take it or leave it. Justin Herbert is the Russell Westbrook of the NFL. He'll never be a winning player. Leave it. Uh, yeah. uh, Russell Westbrook is different. No, it's uh, their woes are not on Justin Herbert. I'm not going to stand for this Russell Westbrook slander. We haven't even. He hasn't even done anything yet this year exactly. for him to be slandered. Well, <laughs> he's, this is an MVP of the league. This is a man that has gotten triple doubles in back-to-back seasons. You leave Russell Westbrook out of this. I will. That's a, he, <laughs> he's done he just, nothing to he's, anyone. He's there counting his rings. Two or three. It was two for sure. Definitely two, but I think, about it. I think he might have got a third Did one. Did he get a third one? The third one, one, I don't third think. Third ring? No, no, no. He didn't have any oh, rings. Oh. <laughs> it, it's telephone rings, but he doesn't oh. have any, any. He has a wedding ring, but not a, mm. not a championship okay. ring. He's a great, great guy, though. It was, in fact, uh, three in a row. Oh, there three you go. triple double seasons in a row. You he's tell he's me tacked when on a fourth. Justin time. Herbert leads the league in passing for three years in a row and does something spectacular like that. There well, his first three years of playing quarterback really, in the NFL were really good. <laughs> really good. <laughs> pretty good. Take it or leave it. The Green Bay Packers have a different starting quarterback next season. Leave it.
I'm going to leave it as well. Yeah, I'm going to leave it. Ooh, you are, you just, if there are Packer fans listening, Randy, you just sent them running because I discovered this weekend when I ran into a bunch of Packer fans, there is a Packer fan hatred for Jordan Love. I saw Packer fans that were like, yeah, Caleb Williams is our starter next year. And I was like, I'm sorry. What just happened? What just happened in this conversation? Like they're they're Isn't like yeah we're in the top three pick that? we're good. <laughs> Isn't every fan base? I can't saying believe that? it. This is the same group of receivers that Aaron Rodgers, who is a future Hall of Famer, was very uh, upset with. Mm-hmm. They voiced his displeasure because they weren't catching passes. They seem to be doing some of the same things this year for a non-future mm-hmm. Hall of Fame quarterback. So. Take it or leave it. The reason why I'm scared is because St. Louis sports are all the same. They're all made up with the same players, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. I kind of get what he's saying. Uh, no, I kind of get it. No, because the Cardinals have legit superstars. They have a couple of them. Mm-hmm. The the Blues. The, the Cardinals <laughs> have legit future Hall of Famers, right? Yeah, they do. Do, no the, do the Blues. No, Do the Blues one. have a future Hall of Famer on this current roster no, right now? they do not. No. That's the difference. I, I mean, having good team, it's beautiful, man. Having a group of guys that just pale, pale, carry their pails and their hard hats, those, that's wonderful. Going you know, give me the guy that sits on the bench with his sunglasses on and is just chilling, not paying attention. Give me him. Give mm-hmm. me one or two of those guys that <laughs> watch these lunch periods. Look, these guys working their Ricky butts Henderson. off. Give me yeah, yeah. a couple of them, and I guarantee you we could win. If you don't have now nah, hard hat guys, I love them. I was one. Hell, I, I <laughs> carried my pail every single day. I'm going to feet, work my fingers to the bone type of player. But them guys over there with their sunglasses on, with their feet kicked up, <laughs> them the guys you need to win. <laughs> yeah, us we just we just do the do the dirty work. Yeah, yeah I will yeah. say maybe they're speaking to you specifically. It just feels like with the teams this season, something's missing. That th- things are not coming together exactly as they mm-hmm. should, or they're even missing some pieces. Starting pitching for the Cardinals, that was a huge missing piece there. You could even argue coaching stuff. You could argue other different things. But then for the Blues, there's a puzzle piece missing with this team. Mm-hmm. But we don't know who it we is. Take it or leave it. It's a mystery player out there. Sorry about that, Rourke. Uh Take it or leave it. Both the Cardinals and the Blues are selecting the top five of the next drafts. <laughs> Leave it. By the way, Cardinals uh, are right now projected. They are the fifth spot in the lottery. They could obviously pick later should uh, you know the lottery go against them. But they top could pick ten. higher. Top ten for the Blues. Yeah, we'll the I'll, I'll go top ten. But I don't, <laughs> no, no. They told us though they're gonna they're, no. The Blues are gonna be the top half of the middle part. So that'd be like the 18th or 19th pick. I think Army mm. hope that we can finish third yep. in the division. Hope we can. That's finish a really third. Good I don't think he said that. That, that we are going to finish third in the division. Hope. Good luck to those guys. Yep. So that's like the that's the ceiling. We're on. Hope. Yeah, <laughs> the ceiling is the, the roof. floor. Is the ceiling? The, yeah. ceiling, the ceiling is, is the roof. The roof. Which one is it? Yeah, oh, God. God. Oh, God. Think about, oh God! These two organizations—they they are lying to you. They aren't going to—they aren't going to blow smoke and say, "Yeah, we're challenging for the Stanley Cup." No, the, I think the Blues have been very honest with us, and yeah. the Cardinals have been very honest with us in saying, "Hey, we we hope we can make the playoffs and get hot." Right? Semantics. <laughs> Why? Well, it'd spend more money. Right. It's a lot more money. 
more money. They didn't tell you they were spending a lot no, more money. Right. They it's told you they wrong. were spending more yeah. money. They spent one dollar more. Is that what's not a, more money? What's eight million dollars to a billion dollar organization? <laughs> yeah, I'm just asking. It's ever, one dollar more. Yeah, yes. Yeah. There you go. Have you ever I heard uh, money. Bill DeWitt say, "Yeah, we're going to go out and spend some stupid money"? No, he has not done that. That like would John be Middleton. fun, though. It Can we have fun. that happen once? It Can we have fun. that happen once? Yeah. <laughs> We'd be like, "Whoa!" Is this one of those holidays? <laughs> is this one of those like uh, holidays where we get wishes? Can we can we do a wish right now? No. Be a wishes for our Come on, one hundred one ESPN. The World Series took a dramatic turn last night. Not just because the Rangers won. How's it going to play out? Well, last night's moves or things that happened may change the course of this series. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. With Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. And last night, the Rangers did win Game 3 of the World Series by a score of 3-1 to one over the Arizona Diamondbacks. A third-inning home run by Corey Seager, a two-run blast, made it 3-0, and that was the final. Great pitching for the Rangers, despite losing Max Scherzer with back tightness. There has to be a question about Scherzer's ability to pitch again in this series. Also in last night's game, Adolis Garcia left with... Uh, left side tightness, although the Rangers are optimistic about him being able to play. Bruce Bochy said, Dolly will get some diagnostics done and we'll see where he's at. <laughs> left side tightness, we're being optimistic there, but we'll know more tomorrow. Let me tell you what that means. <laughs> if it's sore, we got something for you. If you can go, you're going to go. I think they outlawed it. Oh, not that, oh. not that. Not not that stuff. Turtle? Yeah, well, you can get your, we can get you something. Okay, good. We're going to get you something. Okay, good. Uh, they don't have tour all anymore? It's not allowed in baseball. Oh, mm. how terrible of yeah. a world we live in. That's one of the reasons Tony oh, Luzer retired, It should be. If you can't get tour all, <laughs> yeah. what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> the line would be, listen to me, man. Uh, we, you ever see just a group of men lined up, ready hey. to go see the doctor? Hey. Uh, dude, hey, just thinking about tour all makes me feel... Better talk to any member of the 06 Cardinals about how bad they were down the stretch and why they were able to win. And they'll say, Well, we went into the clubhouse before that first game against San Diego. When we looked at the lineup, we said, Hey, we're pretty good. You know why everybody was playing? <laughs> everybody, got there you go. everybody got a shot. There you go. So there you go. So Dolly, he, he may play, he may not. We'll check it out. But uh, Adolis Garcia, if he's not available, will be. Well, he's a cleanup hitter. It's a pretty devastating blow if you lose that guy. Scherzer has not pitched well. They were going to have to work around Max Scherzer anyway. Yeah. But Adolis Garcia has been the best hitter in the postseason. He's the momentum man for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, just seeing what he was able to do in the second inning, just mowing down Christian Walker at the plate, and then they were able to respond at the plate the next inning there with Marcus Simeon and um, Corey Seager, too. I think that when... Adolis Garcia is going, that's when the Rangers get going to. It did concern me when I saw that because the way that he grabbed it is his oblique. When you saw that, that was instant concern because what does that mean for the Rangers moving forward? The Max Scherzer thing, 
is concerning too, though, a little bit. One, Max Scherzer, of course, has not been what you expected or hoped from him this postseason. But at the same time, it's concerning the way of how this affects the Rangers' bullpen moving forward. And John Gray was the one who came into the game fantastic, obviously, to keep it scoreless for the Rangers. But at the same time, he was supposed to be your starter today. So how will this affect the Rangers bullpen moving forward and with the Scherzer situation like I said you hate to see it but at the same time I thought that was a great you know non-ego moment for him where he realized he was physically hurting and you could see it you could tell that when the comeback or when he got hit by that Mm -hmm. that he was in pain but a lot of other pitchers might have just tried to just go out there and push through it I still think about that Ryan Helsley thumb situation with the Cardinals Mm -hmm. do you guys ever think about that about how different that could have been in that situation if maybe that was evaluated a little bit better on all signs, but mm-hmm. also on Ryan Helsley's part too. But for Max Scherzer to go out, how does this affect the Rangers bullpen and how they're going to manage things moving forward? The bullpen is the he is the the key. I'm sure that if you would have bet in Vegas on Andrew Heaney versus Joe Mantiply for Game Four of the World Series, <laughs> right. you could have got some, some pretty good odds. But that's Somebody's what cashing in on be. that. <laughs> but Gray saved their bacon last night because I thought that when Scherzer went out that they'd have to use five or six relief pitchers. Well, you only had to use. A few because of the the performance of John Gray. You've got a pretty rested group now tonight. Gray gives you three innings. He throws 30 pitches. Spores can go again. He threw 16 last night. Chapman, if you so desire to use him, could go again. He only threw 16. And LeClerc only threw 16. So it seems like, aside from John Gray, that they'll have a full complement out of the bullpen tonight. To Mm -hmm. me, that's what what playoff baseball is. Uh, Championship baseball. your, Your guy goes down. You have to be able... This guy hasn't come out of the bullpen at one time in his entire career and he says you know what give me the ball skip I'll, I'll go do it I'll make sure we're we're not in a position to have to eat up our bullpen to be able to win this game because every single game matters you cannot take a a, a, a one two uh be down one two in this series knowing that they're the Arizona Dimax could win it at home so you win this game you have a chance to win another one tonight I think it was a great job now the Max Scherzer injury to me is not that bad of an injury. One, because it was a comebacker, he got hurt. Mm-hmm. But two, is he going to pitch what he wouldn't be available till game seven anyway? Mm-hmm. So he's got time to rest if it if it is a true injury that he needs rest from. With Adolis Garcia, you said it. When he swung that bat and grabbed his oblique, you know what that is. That's a guy. It's like it was like he grabbed his back it, it, too. It was, it, like it was, it was a, a, a shock pain yeah. that hit him as soon as he got through with that swing, and that is concerning because. He's going to have to swing a bat. He's in the lineup <laughs> to swing the bat. Not, I mean, you want him to play outfield, but you want his bat in the lineup. So uh, if he's unable to do that at the level that he's been able to do it, being the ALCS MVP, you know, potentially being on the track, winning game one and being on the track to, if they win, being World Series MVP, you need that guy in your, line, in your lineup. So hopefully he's not out for too long. We will know tonight whether or not he's going to go, and you'll hear the action here on 101 ESPN. 6 o'clock pregame after the fast lane. Coming up, we're going to talk blues hockey with the TV voice of the blues. John Kelly is next on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. 
day in a row without a game before they take on the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow night in Denver. 7.30 pregame here on 101 ESPN. After this four-day break, the Blues will not have more than two days in a row off until Christmas time. And joining us right now on the Celebrity Line is our friend, the voice of the Blues on Valley Sports, John Kelly. JK, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys today? Everything's good, John. And I, I want to ask you this because you've been around the sport a long time. Do you think there's something to be said for a hockey team getting into a rhythm and playing three times a week like the Blues are starting to embark on here for the next couple of months? Yeah, I mean, these guys are obviously are creatures of habit. They, you know, the, the game day routine is the same, the off day routine and the, the travel stuff like that. And, you know, it's not unlike what happened last year, Randy, that the Blues had a lot of off days early. And, you know, you could debate whether that's good or bad. Um, but I do know this, you're going to pay, you're going to pay the fiddler down the road <laughs> because as you said, this is the second four day break the blues have had. And the season is what three weeks old. So um, I, I don't think it's ideal, but it is what it is. And you know, probably it's a good thing. They had this break following Friday's game in Vancouver, which was not a good game. Um, I think it was the worst game of the year. So, you know, they get a chance to get some rest after a long trip home Friday night and get in a couple of days of practice before taking on a, a really good Colorado team tomorrow night. Well, J.K., kind of playing off of that, the Blues have been good, bad, good, bad. They've just been consistently inconsistent this year. Which version of the Blues that we've seen so far this season is the real version, you think? Sort of like going trick-or-treating, Brooke. You never know if you're going to get a Snickers bar or an apple, right? Some, some are good and some are bad. i got to get a Halloween joke in there. Um, well done. You know, I, don't, I don't know why they've been inconsistent. Um, I really don't. You know, probably because it's early, and, and as Randy said, maybe they haven't gotten really into a, a, a true rhythm. Uh, but I do know that they had to expect a really hard first period Friday night in Vancouver. Because the Canucks had been off since Tuesday. They had a really good road trip. The Blues, of course, had played the night before. But that's not an excuse. I mean, teams play back-to-back games all the time. The Blues, I believe, have 11 sets of back-to-back. And, and teams and blue, the Blues, of course, over the years have had a lot of success. So you expect a first period, and it's going to be tough. And it was, and you're only down one nothing, And then you come out in the second and, of course, give up three goals. So I think it's a mindset, and the Blues just weren't ready to play in that game, and there's really no excuse. And obviously Coach Bruby after the game was not happy, and uh, he shouldn't be happy. That, that was just not a very good effort. So now you got to bounce back, and it's as I said, it's going to be a challenge tomorrow night. J.K., is there any concern on your part about what you're seeing? Like you said, they're really good when they're good, but when they're not, they're not. Is there any concern about the inconsistency? Well, obviously, Kerry, uh, you, you want to be consistent. And um, ideally, you know, you, you play as many really good games as you can, but your B game can't be a D game. Yeah. And we've seen that twice now, I think, if you look at the, at the season. Obviously, it's very, very young season, only seven games in. But the Arizona game was not a good game, and the Vancouver game was not a good game. You know, you're going to lose games. We know that. Um, but again, you've got to be competitive and ready to play. So I think that's the biggest thing is for, for this team, as it finds consistency, as it really gets into the meat of the schedule, is learning how to win when you have your B game. So I, I don't know why they, they, they have been so inconsistent. I quite honestly haven't seen a Blues team play like this. I mean, they've literally since the opening game season, they've gone win-loss, win-loss, and it, it's 
continued. <laughs> if the trend continues, they win tomorrow night. Yeah. Thing, right? We'll see. When you're having the the inconsistency like that, who does that fall on? Is it on a specific player? Is it on, is it on the captain? Is it on, is it on Kyrou and Thomas? Or is it on Baruby? Well, you know, Kerry, I always like to say, you know, it's a team game, right? And I never like to give too much credit or too much blame to individuals. So, yeah, it's on the coaches. And, of course, it's on the players. So, um, I, I don't you know, put it on the captain or anything like that. I mean, he's obviously the, the leader of the team. He's part of the problem. And and just like every other player is part of the problem. So um, I think it's just the mindset of getting ready to play and, and competing hard. And you know what? As, for the most part, and, and I'd say, you know, 90% of the time this year that this team has competed very hard. And, and I've seen a lot of really good things defensively. I know they gave up five goals the other night. They gave up six to Arizona, but Defensively, this team is is playing a lot better and competing a lot harder for a consistent basis, and and that's a really positive sign. You know, the, the negative to me right now is that they're still trying to find their way offensively, and and some players um, haven't scored or haven't scored hardly at all, and they're going to need to score obviously more than you know one or two goals at night. So, um, I, I think that's right now the area they need to try to focus on is, you know, as I said, play play better consistently, but also score more goals if they can. And, John, I, I struggle because when the team's not scoring, I look for a guy that might be snake bit that I thought, think, okay, he's just dealing with bad luck and the puck's not going in for him. I have trouble picking that guy out on the Blues right now. Do you see a guy where you say, okay, he, he's getting the opportunities, they're just not going in for him? Well, I think Kyra is the guy that I would say, Randy, but but not a lot of them, quite honestly. The Blues have been outshot in, in every game but one. The only game they outshot their opponent was in Calgary on, on Thursday night. Uh, but Kyra missed, uh, you know, a couple of breakaways in, I think, Winnipeg. He missed another one in Calgary. So he's the guy that, you know, really should have four or five goals by now, but doesn't. Um, but aside from that, they just haven't had the consistent offense where, they're, they're hemming teams in and using the cycle and, and wearing teams down. Um, you know, they've done it at times, and obviously they've had some nice wins. Uh, but, you know, when you're getting on average 24 shots a game, 25, that's not quite enough. You know, you want to be ar- around the 30 mark or 32. So I, I think to answer your question, um, really the only guy that really should have four or five goals more than he does is Jordan Cairo. I think he's had five or six breakaways this year and, and hasn't – has had some tough luck. Well, it seems like we continue to talk about it because it continues to be an issue with the Blues, but how do they go about changing and creating more opportunities when it comes to the power play? I mean, it's continuing to be an issue. We know that when the Blues have been successful, so has their special teams, especially their power play. How do they get to that point? Is it just going to continue to take more practice, or does Baruby freshen some things up, change some things around? Well, you know, you might have to do that. Excuse me, Brooke, that you know, the longer it goes where, you know, you've only had one power play goal. Um, that was by Buchnevich the other night in Winnipeg. So you've got to score goals on the power play and you've got to stop teams. Special teams are critical. I don't think I need to tell um, you guys that or anyone else that. It, it's really important. To me, when, when a power play is not going well, you can do two things. You can, you can change personnel, um, try different units, which the Blues have done a few times, and also simplify. And they overpass a lot, and I think that's probably their, their biggest issue uh, is even when they have good zone time and have good entries, they tend to overpass. So to me, when, when it's not going well, 
you you get the puck to the points or on the flanks, and you get people to the net. That's probably the key, and get shots through and, and get a lot of shots. So looking really more for volume. Um, at times, the Blues have always been a team that they want quantity over quality. But to me, when when your power play struggles, I, I think you probably want at least for a while to go the other way and get more quantity on that. And and you might get a break. You might get a lucky goal. You might get a rebound, things like that. Uh, so I would say those are the two things you, you should look for. John Kelly, always great to have you with us. We will be tuned in. Uh, do you, are you guys doing TV tomorrow or a TNT game? No, that's, a, that's Turner tomorrow night, TNT. Um, our friend Darren Pang is going to do the game tomorrow night. So we'll get to hear Pang tomorrow night. Yes. Terrific. And, and we'll hear you back at it on Friday night against the Devils. Yeah. Exactly, yes. Thank you, J.K. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Okay, thanks, guys. And happy Halloween. That's John Kelly, the TV voice of the blues here on uh, 101 joining us. And, of course, you can hear him on Bally on Friday night. Oh, by the way, the Kings lead the NHL in scoring at about 4.8 goals a game. The blues have one player with more than one goal. That's Brandon Saab with two. The Kings have 11 players with two or more goals. It's oh nice to have nice things. <laughs> <laughs> 11. Uh, Trevor Moore has five. Anze Kopitar five. has four. Yep. Gaudi <laughs> has four. A defenseman has four. Uh, a defenseman has four. Yeah. Pierre-Luc Dubois and Carl Grundstrom each have three. And then Adrian Kempe, Blake Lazat, Quentin Byfield, Trevor Lewis, and Vladislav Gavrikov all have two, along with Alex Lafriere. So 11 players with two or more on L.A. Can't they like you know hand some out to the Blues? I think that'd be nice to share. Just tell yeah. the goalie. The Blues are getting the apples. Out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's move out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> see, we're not scoring one. well. It's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the fight on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the. Opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Dustin. Dustin, how you feeling? Space Camp Lejeune. Oh, okay. <laughs> camp. camp. Sorry about that. My finger slipped. <laughs> Dustin, you there? I'm here. Hey, there you go. How's it going, Dustin? Pretty good. All right. Are you ready to take on Randy Carricker? Uh, let's see. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Max Scherzer has now pitched it for three different clubs in the World Series, becoming the eighth pitcher to do it. One of the pitchers on that list is Kurt Schilling, who pitched in the World Series with Boston, Arizona, and who else? Is it the Houston Astros, the Toronto Blue Jays, or the Philadelphia Phillies? Phillies. Which team did James Harden win his lone MVP award with? Was it the Rockets, Thunder, or Sixers? Who finished the season leading St. Louis City in total points? Is it Nico Giacchini, Edward Leuven, or Jared Stroud? Stroud. Messi just won his eighth Ballon d'Or. Who is the only player in the major American sports who won more MVP awards with nine? Was it Bobby Orr, Barry Bonds, or Wayne Gretzky? 
Can you say it one more time? Gretzky. All right, we will double check our score. We will bring in Randy Carricker. Dustin, how you feel? Not great. No. Huh. no. You got to feel great. You got to feel great about this. You're on the on the opening drive with Brooke, Carrie, and Randy. Yeah. And Rock. And it's Halloween. It's Halloween. What, what's your favorite candy? What's your, yes. Blow Pops. Blow Pops? Yeah. Okay. Oh. That's intriguing. Okay. It's, it's weird, I know. It is. That's weird. very specific. Glad you said it. <laughs> Randy, say hello to Dustin, whose favorite candy on Halloween is Blow Pops. Oh, interesting. Dustin, good morning. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for playing. We do appreciate it. That's awesome. Blow Pops are a, a great choice. Dustin, I'll I pour ha- out the kids' bags and I'll take all of them out. Yeah, <laughs> Brooke is judging you by her face. I, no, I like the the tootsie, the ones that have the tootsie the rolls. Tootsie pops. Yeah. Oh, that's even worse. Really? No, <laughs> yes. it's a little chocolate surprise in the no. middle. It's delicious. <laughs> At least you get gum blow out of the blow pops. Or the bubble gum. Right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> all right, ready? You ready? Ready. Max Scherzer has now pitched for three different clubs in the World Series, becoming the eighth pitcher to do it. One of the pitchers on that list is Kurt Schilling, Hmm. who pitched in the World Series for Boston, Arizona, and who else? Uh, He pitched for the Philadelphia Phillies in 1993 against Toronto. Eh? Eh. Kurt Schilling. Bless Eh. Bless me. Sorry. Which team did James Harden win his lone MVP award with? I believe he won his MVP award with the Houston Rockets when he led the league in scoring. James Harden, Houston Rockets, MVP, final answer. Who finished the season leading STL City in total points? Total points. Like this would be goals Goals and and assists. assists. Uh, I think that would be our guy Ed. Ed Ed Leuven? Leuven. I'm going to go with Edward Leuven. Messi just won his eighth Ballon d'Or. Who is the only player in the major American sports who won more MVP awards with nine? I'm pretty sure that I know this. Major, so we're talking baseball, where it's not. Uh, It could be hockey. It could be basketball. It's definitely not football. So uh, we've got uh, Gretzky or Russell. Let's uh, let's go with the lifeline and see if uh, both of them are on there, just so that I can screw it up. <laughs> Bobby Orr, Barry Bonds, Wayne Gretzky. I will go with the great one, number ninety-nine, Wayne Gretzky. That's what I'm going with. I mean, they're all great. Need Russell Wayne. I love this run of fights we've been on lately because it's another close one, but it's not a tiebreaker. Just right there, a one-question win. Is Randy fighting off another fighter in a close one today? Or is Dustin walking out of here a champion in round one for his Hall of Fame attempt? Ring that bell. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Just win, baby. Dustin, you did a great job, but unfortunately, Randy Carricker just edged you out. You heard Mr. Buck there. He hit the jack. He beat you 4-3 to three today. This is a good one. It, it choked Brooke up. Yes, it did. <laughs> Got the black lung. <laughs> Man, 
<laughs> Brooke, are you are you are you okay? Is this is my am I reading the questions about the year turn dark? Is this gonna is this gonna get sad? Are you choking yourself with your She's got her head so really on the neck. Oh god. There's a lot that just happened. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, you're right. A lot just happened. Randy Character got a four three win. Let's hear how he emotional. <laughs> Max Scherzer has now pitched for three different clubs in the World Series, becoming the eighth pitcher ever to do it. One of the pitchers on that list is Kurt Schilling. He did it with Boston, Arizona, and in 1993 with the Philadelphia Phillies versus the Toronto Blue Jays. With which team did James Harden win his lone MVP award? It was, in fact, with the Houston Rockets in the 17-18 season, who finished the season leading St. Louis City SC in total points. That's goals plus assists. It was, in fact, Edward Leuven with six goals and nine assists for 15 total points. Jao Klaus was right behind him, as was uh, Nico Giochini. <coughs> uh, sorry, uh, Jared Stroud had 10 total points, five goals, five assists. And Lionel Messi just won his eighth Ballon d'Or, who was the only player in major American sports who has won more MVP awards with nine. It is, in fact, Wayne Gretzky with the uh, Art Ross. No. Heart Trophy, excuse Heart me. Trophy, yeah. The Heart Trophy. Uh, the Ross is the goals one, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, points. Um, the other one, he won it uh, 1980 through 1987 and 1989 as well. I always get the I always get the heart and the Ross confused because he won ten of one and nine of the other, and I always get them freaking confused. But it was in fact Wayne Gretzky. So a four three win for Randy Carricker in the fight today. Dustin, thank you again for joining the fight and joining the show. Job, Dustin. Good Halloween. You too. You too. You Justin, too. Thank you. Justin, like Bradley Carnell, is a big Jared Stroud fan. Uh, mm-hmm. Rock said that the Ballon d'Or is for the best footballer in the world. And I figured that Peyton Manning had to have won that as well. Yeah, right? Five so. times, yeah, right? Five best them, footballer. Right? How many did he get? Yeah. yeah five, right? He, he, Peyton Manning did not win any he, he said no. the best footballer in the it's world. kind of footballer, Carrie. There's sorry. only one type of football, sir. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh-oh. Oh, what are we talking also, about I, I also think it's impressive. Um, Lionel Messi has eight. There are certain countries that only have like seven in Europe. And you weren't even allowed to win it if you weren't a European until 1994. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's, he's still got to catch up to Gretz. Yeah, it's exactly. He's got a, and now he's playing, in, and now he's not. You know, he's not Lionel Messi anymore. He's yeah. he's 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 playing in Inter Miami. I don't think he's going to win it again. By the way, when I get out and about, somebody <laughs> always inevitably says when I'm in public, and you guys have been around me. Hey, I got to get on the fight with you. Got to get on the fight with you. So I, I know people are listening to the fight. Like it's it's a really popular segment. Somebody should sponsor the fight. I, I agree. I think it'd yes. be really fun to have yeah. a sponsor for the fight. I agree. I agree. Someone should. Yeah. So you can just call call one hundred and one ESPN and. Say, can I talk to sales and say, hey, I'd like to sponsor the fight. Like I'll work idea. with you. I'll, and I'm, I'm the fight guy. We'll all work with you. We love you. <laughs> You're the fight guy. Yeah. You're the beat people down guy, Randy. Oh, come on now. Yeah, this is no longer the fight. It's the bludgeon. We we renamed it. We rehomed <laughs> the fight months ago. And we, that's, that's the offer. If you want to sponsor it, we'll change it to the bludgeon. <laughs> the oh, bludgeon. yes. So there you go. Hey, after NFL Week 8, which NFL coaches are gone, won't be back for the 2024 season? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. and have-nots. We're going to talk today about the have-nots. The Arizona Cardinals have a first-year coach in Jonathan Gannon. We're going to talk about coaches that are already gone. I don't see any scenario in which Jonathan Gannon is a one-and-done in Arizona. Do you guys? No. No. He's he, And that team is playing well. <clears throat> they have been talks of maybe Kyler Murray coming back and starting. We're going to start Clayton Toon yeah, on that's Sunday. that's interesting. I think they've seen enough of Joshua Dobbs, yep. who I thought played pretty well. 
Um, but, yeah, that's not a one-and-done situation. You no. didn't have your starting quarterback up until this point. You still haven't had him, so he's he should be safe. Now, what about Frank Reich in Carolina? Could he be a one-and-done? That one is different because they did draft the quarterback, but you saw the press conference that he had a couple of weeks ago where he was basically saying, you know, those meetings with the owner are not fun meetings. We aren't having a great time and – Talking about family, these are some tough meetings with some with some tough expectations. And then there have been talks that maybe the quarterback that they played last week, even though they won the game, the quarterback that they played last week in C.J. Stroud was maybe the one that he actually wanted to draft mm-hmm. instead of Bryce Young. And so maybe there's some tension there between the owner, the owner wanting Bryce Young, he wanting C.J. Stroud. And if you don't get the quarterback you believe in, how can you have you know confidence that you're going to have the success that you need to have? So coin flip for him maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I think there's two that are very clear that are on the hottest of seats in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Matt Eberflus and Josh McDaniels, especially Josh McDaniels. Yes. I don't know where else you go from here with the Raiders. One, Jimmy Garoppolo is not great, but everything that's been happening with the Raiders this season has been a dumpster fire is the best way to describe it. And I was telling you guys earlier there was reports that Josh McDaniels had a kind of meeting with everybody where they could air out their grievances with all the players, where they could kind of get their feelings out. And then they respond with that game, where I think that says a lot about the team not buying in with Josh McDaniels, but also that I don't know where else that you can go from here if you're him. And it just looks terrible at this point. I think that Josh McDaniels, which one goes first, I guess, is the question here. I would think that the the Bears historically, I I don't, they didn't hire Nagy, fire Nagy during the season. I don't think the Bears have ever fired a coach during the season. Mm. And the Raiders have. So I would say that the odds are better that McDaniels goes. And the only reason you do that is to get a head start and on your hiring your next coach. I don't think it matters to Mark Davis. He's just kind of an odd duck so I, I don't know that it really matters to him when he fires a head coach. And by the way, another... they still play, paying Gruden, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, another disaster for the Belichick coaching tree. Has Belichick ever had a great coach from his coaching tree? Charlie Weiss had a really good year at Notre Dame. One? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Romeo Cornell, eh, no. Not so much? Not so much. Um, Eric Mangini? Does Mike Vrabel fall under that tree? Yeah, y- yeah, yeah he, he does. But is, he, is he great? He's good-ish. He's had some really good <laughs> years. Yep. Um, you got McDaniels. You got times. Bill O'Brien, who was in the playoffs for a few years. Um, Steve Sarkeesian. Does was he? Did he coach? With I don't him? think Sark was with him. But he wasn't. Okay, maybe not. Romeo Cornell. Well, Romeo is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. It's it's been, been pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. The Joe yeah, Judge. Been. Oh, that wasn't oh. great. That yeah. was actually. Putrid. The one yeah. that comes to mind is um, the Cleveland Browns coach. Wasn't he there as well? Mangini. Mangini. Did we yeah, say him? he was there. Yeah. yeah. No, that was terrible. And he wound up with, he actually had a good year with the Jets, remember? Oh. He was called Manginius. Yep. Uh, he was an episode of the Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, uh, he's a star. Yeah, it's, so that coaching know. tree is bad. Does Belichick go? I think Bill Belichick stays. Um, well, you know what? I think they may come to an, a mutual agreement. Where maybe he leaves, but he's still on in some capacity. I don't see him walking away completely from what he's put together. I, and I could, I could actually see him staying for another year. It just, it hasn't been good. I think the GM version of Bill Belichick is killing the coach mm-hmm. version of Bill Belichick. And so 
you're not able to get the right pieces or right people in there, you're not going to have success, no matter how well or how good of a coach you are. If you are drafting these players, evaluating these players, and developing these players, and they don't give you the production that you need, then you need to do something better in, in, in how you go about finding these guys. In a quarterback-driven league, Bill Belichick has no idea how to pick out a good quarterback. No, none whatsoever. And you bring up the fact that he's been the kind of de facto general manager. I feel like that definitely has to change here moving forward. And it seems like he has a very close relationship with Robert Kraft. But with Kraft, how long do you think that he lets this go? Because it feels like he's not able to make adjustments and really change with the times in a lot of ways. I, I, I just think that I, I, that's a great question because I don't know if the allegiance to Belichick is as strong as the allegiance was, for example, to Tom Brady. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, if, I, if I had a... I wish I had a better idea of how Kraft felt about him. I know Kraft called him a schmuck at one point. <laughs> Maybe great. it's all business in their minds. It might and be. so if that's the case, then that's not good. No. Can I give you one more, by the way? And yes. you, I, you're right on with McDaniels and with uh, Eberflus. What about Ron Rivera in Washington? Yeah. yeah. I think that, that is unfortunately, a good one. I think Riverboat Ron is a great guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just uh, in terms of winning games and, and doing well in that division, I don't think he's going to. I don't think it's going to last much longer for him. I think that him, uh, we, Brandon Staley is still safe at this point because they did win that game against but Chicago. They're which only three and four. That wasn't, they were supposed to win that one. Um, yeah, I, I think we talked about Kevin Stefanski maybe in, in Cleveland. You know, not his fault. They brought in a quarterback that clearly has shoulder issues and has been out of football and hasn't performed to the level that he needed to. So I, I you can't blame him specifically. Yeah. Arthur Smith, maybe, down in Atlanta. Although they're in first place. Yeah. Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen should go. There you go. And another guy that probably, well, I don't know if he should or shouldn't, but ownership likes to fire guys just for the sake of firing guys in Tampa, where Todd Bowles has been there for three years. I I like Todd, too. He's apparently like the nicest guy in the world, but he doesn't have Tom Brady at quarterback. I think Mm -hmm. Todd is safe. I think. You never know, though, is the thing. Going back to the Patriots real quick, because this is something that is kind of everybody in Tennessee is watching. What about Vrabel going to the Patriots? Just saying Robert Kraft sees that opportunity, wants some changes made. What about Vrabel going to the Patriots? I could totally see it. Because Vrabel... I don't know if you guys saw it. Just reading body language and just some of the reports, and we've talked about how he's kind of lashed back at some of the reporters in Tennessee. Things are very tense with the Titans. I know that you luckily had a great game from Will Levis, but there's a lot of reports that maybe Levis isn't exactly the guy that Vrabel wants to have as his starting quarterback. What do you think about him going to the Patriots? I think he'd be a really good fit there. I I would rather have him as my head coach, if I were the Patriots and Robert Kraft, than have Bill O'Brien. Can I give you a name that that will probably caught, catch you all off guard? Mm-hmm. What about McDermott, Sean McDermott, in Buffalo? If they if they make it to the playoffs, lose in the first round, this is a team that I think their window is closing mm-hmm. much quicker than people thought it would have. You look back to a couple of years ago when they are in that AFC divisional game against Kansas City. The, the Chiefs were able to move the ball down the field, score the touchdown, or score the kick the field goal, and then go on to win that game. From that moment until where they are now, this does not feel like the same team. And so what if Sean McDermott is 
they are one and done in the playoffs or for somehow, some way, don't even make the playoffs. They're sitting at five and three right now, mm-hmm. which is not, you know, unrealistic. If they don't make the playoffs, you could be looking at Sean McDermott being out as I well. I can totally this see This is it. year mm-hmm. eight, year seven for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it could possibly be. Yeah, I, 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 I hadn't thought of it. But I could totally see it. Yeah. Because franchises get impatient. That's what happened to Dungey in Tampa, right? When right. they brought in Gruden and yeah. he won the Super Bowl. It, it Normally, it doesn't work when you have a guy that continually makes the playoffs but doesn't get over the hump. And you try to replace him with somebody and it, it just doesn't work. But with that ownership, I could definitely see that happening. And by that, the way that ownership might be in flux because I think uh, Kim Pagula is really ill. Mm-hmm. And uh, Terry Pagula is... <clears throat> She's the boss, right? and he's in charge now. I wonder if that will have any bearing at all on whether or not they make a move. Is there a coach that you think would be a good fit then for the Bills? Say that that does hypothetically happen with Sean McDermott. Who do you think would be able to get the most out of this situation? Marv Levy. <laughs> I don't think he's coming. I don't think no, he's coming. 98. Yeah, I don't think he's he, Is he that old? Yeah, I don't know. I think Marv, I think Marv got any juice left to, to coach. Yeah. He is 98. Wow. Yeah. Who would be a good fit in Buffalo? It's got to be a cold weather guy. You know, we talked about Harbaugh for the Bills. That, or, would, that would Harbaugh would be interesting that in would Buffalo. Be a good one he? as well, yeah. He's a cold weather guy. Yeah. That would be a good job. I mean, that would be a good spot for him. I, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not saying that Sean McDermott deserves to get fired, but seven years in, if you somehow fail to to reach the playoffs with the team and the, the talent that they have, you could be looking at him saying the 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 bill saying you know what we've tried it we've done it it's just not he he isn't the guy to get us over the top and i don't think it's all on him so the three we have definitely gone McDaniels Eberflus and Rivera and then some... and, and, and no Josh Allen uh Josh jo- not jo- Dennis Allen excuse Den- me oh yeah the, so there's uh, there's four yeah. uh so good luck uh in your next endeavors we wish you <laughs> you and your family well and thank you for what you and your family have done for our community and for our franchise <laughs> You, you wrote the statement already? It's, already, it's, it's beautiful. It, there's a template on Word. You don't even have to do a press conference anymore. You can just post that exact quote right. on social media, <laughs> yeah. and there you go. Right. We, we thank you for all you've done for, for our franchise, leading us to a record of 3-27 and 27 over the last four years. It's been already. outstanding. It's been fun. It's been outstanding. <laughs> that's, that's what it needs to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's been fun. That's the form letter for, that the Rams had for like 10 years, I guess. Hmm? Is the form letter that the Rams yeah. had for 10 yeah. years. Right. Uh, coming up, we've got our Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. World Series Game 4 tonight here on 101 ESPN. The pregame coming your way at 6, the action just after 7. And it's going to be a bullpen game for both teams. Andrew Heaney will start for the Rangers, and Joe Mantiply will go for Arizona. And you'll hear it here on 101 ESPN. After a 3-1 win for the Rangers last night, a two-run homer for Corey Seager in the third after a runner was thrown out at home. Christian Walker thrown out at home after a base hit by Tommy Pham. That cost Arizona a great chance for a run in the bottom of the second inning. And the Rangers take advantage. They get great work after Max Scherzer left the game with an injury. Got great work out of John Gray. He threw three scoreless innings. And so the Rangers lead the series two games to one. Tonight, 
is the game of the series. It, it's either 2-2 and becomes a best of three, or <laughs> it's 3-1 and the Rangers are going to win it. Yeah, I think the uh, you know the Rangers needed that win. They they took a tough loss in game two after a comeback win in game one that was spectacular. Um, but the injuries, you know, Max Scherzer, again, I don't think that's that bad of an injury because he's a pitcher. Maybe he pitches in Game 7 if healthy, but he's got time to rest. Adoles Garcia being injured is a is a major concern if he cannot go tonight with that oblique injury that you saw him swing and immediately grab for his side. That's a that's an issue for the Rangers if he's unable to go. So we'll see. I mean, th- this Arizona Diamondbacks team does not go away. They keep <laughs> no. fighting. They keep finding a way to get on base, uh, to get hits, timely hits, and so... You know, th- this is a much better series than I thought it would be, and I think that most people thought it would be. It is, and I, I'm excited about this series. I think these are two teams playing, obviously, at their best. The teams that they beat along the way to get here, they deserve to be in this World Series. And I even think about last night, the whole situation. That game, defensively, was a great performance on both sides. Even if you go back to that Christian Walker situation, that was a huge moment for the Diamondbacks. If he had just been paying attention to his third base coach, it could have been a totally different game situation. But the fact that he tested Adolis Garcia's arm was a bad call. Yeah, it was. And it paid off for the Rangers in that situation. And so then they were able to take the momentum. That's why I think losing Adolis Garcia potentially, and hopefully everything will be fine with him, that will be not good for the Rangers. That will change a lot of this series. And also to give credit to John Gray last night, um, he looked fantastic, stepping up in a situation that he really wasn't accustomed to. I mean, they said, what was it, just one career appearance coming out of the bullpen, uh-huh. and he just came through in that situation and kept it scoreless. That was a great performance by him. Monday Night Football, not a good night for the Raiders, who never seem to have a good night, as the uh, Detroit Lions keep rolling. The Detroit Lions are real folks, and if you haven't had an opportunity to keep a close eye on them, they're very fast, they're very fun to watch, and it's hard for me to imagine, and I think, Carrie, you agree with this, that anybody else is going to catch them in the NFC North. 26-14 was the final last night, the Lions over the Raiders, and uh, Jerry Goff had 272 yards passing and a touchdown, but Jameer Gibbs, who people have been waiting to see, goes for 152 yards on the ground, and also catches passes to take him over 180 yards total yards on the night yeah i thought that and i think that the uh, detroit lions are going to win the nfc north especially with the injury to kirk cousins over the weekend uh the bears are are the bears the and the green bay packers just aren't able to figure things out with that receiving core and connect with jordan love this detroit lions team again last season we saw glimpses of it we saw times where they looked really good and and showed that you know with a year of maturity they could be a really good football team I, I know that I, I know that this team is going to I, I'm pretty sure this team is going to win the division but I I still don't know that they are going to be a problem come playoff time because you still got the Eagles you still got the 49ers despite you know those two tough losses those three tough losses that they've had over the last few weeks I still think they are the elite teams in the NFC but the Detroit Lions can cause some problems for some people going forward so you know I, I'm I'm excited and I still think they still haven't gotten you know, all of the, the weapons in the terms of, of how they're expected to have. Jamison Williams coming back after missing time last season, missing time this season. I still 
think that he adds another element oh, I would to bet what on this him. offense has. <laughs> oh, Randy, come on. <laughs> come on. See what you did there. <laughs> he adds another element to what this offense can, offense can be in terms of how explosive they can be. So, yeah, I think they're still not quite there completely, but they are headed in the right direction. And, Brooke, the Lions have... At least three St. Louis guys. Sam Laporta, their tight end, mm-hmm. is from uh, the, the Illinois side of the river. Their uh, punter, Jack Fox, is a Ladue guy. And then Jamison Williams from Cardinal Ritter. So a certain St. Louis flavor there, too. There is a little bit of a St. Louis flavor there. And you're talking about the potential to be elite for the Lions. The opposite of that, you got to see the Raiders, which are mm. a far cry from mm. any conversation of being in any sort of elite category. Unless you're saying... They're a football team elitely bad? I don't know. It's, they're, they're so bad. But where does the big conversation now surrounding the Raiders, one, Josh McDaniels, which we already discussed, but Devontae Adams, what happens with out. him? He I, wants out. I would move him today if I were them. Where are you sending him, though? I mean, which team realistically would, would be able to accept him and have a chance to win a championship because he wants to win. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that the Kansas City Chiefs could use him most. I was going to say if they could make that work, but how? And how much money do they have available to? And and that's in the division. So, but the Raiders aren't going to be good. So what do you? You could really get a lot from the Chiefs if you chose to do so. If that's the decision that they wanted to make, that the Chiefs wanted to make, you could probably get some draft picks and some younger players. Uh, 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 Sky Moore, maybe a Rasheed Rice, maybe some guys to alleviate that that wide receiver room from Kansas City mm-hmm. for guys that aren't performing well that could be good in the future, but just aren't ready right now. Um, so I, Kansas City Chiefs would be a, a team that I could look at and say, yeah, that's a great landing spot for Devontae Adams. He would be 1A uh, mm-hmm. In the receiving room, not in terms of receivers. Totally. Let me give you a couple of teams that are either would be in the playoffs if they started today or are on the precipice. Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think they need them. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Cleveland Browns. Uh, you gotta. Who's throwing it to them? Good question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who's the Jets. Uh, who's, uh, if he plays offensive line, I'd sign him. Houston Texans. That's a good team. They're young. They're not going to any uh, playoffs or championships this year. Does he? At a, and I don't know what his trade. At a, I don't think he has a no trade clause, so no. he might not have a say in it. That would be a good landing spot for him uh, in terms of getting the ball and being the number one receiver. Because I think C.J. Stroud is dynamic. But if we're talking about teams that are playoff contenders, okay. I don't know. NFC. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> I would like that actually. For that Dallas. makes sense. For Dallas. Um, yeah, I would like that. Uh, not the Vikings anymore. No. Not the Saints. No. He, well, he might want to go to the Saints. He's going back with his boy. That's true. Yeah. Hey, Derek Carr is there. Yeah. Hey, but yeah. Uh, the Saints, uh, they, they've got Lave, who's a stud. Hey. Thomas is playing well, and he's making big money now. They got, throw my, the ball most to, to Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 12. Maybe the move, actually, this would be interesting. I don't know what the contract situation would be, but Michael Thomas for Devontae Adams would be interesting. Why would you? Yeah, no offense to Michael Thomas. He's He's been injured, you know, often injured last year. Yeah, but he's years. played every game this year. Yeah. So, anyway, just looking for a place for to, so we can rehome yeah, Devontae. Kansas City. Kansas City Chiefs. And All then right. they can go win the Super Bowl again. 
that's good. What they do. And the James Harden traded Harden traded to the the Clippers, not the Lakers. He traded to Los Angeles, <laughs> the Clippers, where he could be with Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. And the the Sixers get back a lot of draft capital and other stuff. Nicholas well, Batum. That's a good team on paper. Now, who's going to play? Where are they going to play? <laughs> who's playing point guard on that team? Harden. Russell Westbrook. Got, he led the league in assists, man. Well, what, what do you think Russell, what is Russell Westbrook going to do? He's going to be the shooting guard? Yep, he is. <laughs> Come on, man. He's been a black hole before. He can do it again. Come on, man. Rock asked me, are you scared of this team? Hell no. No, 2017, they would be a snootful. <laughs> no question. It's 2023. Russell Westbrook plays a hybrid. This is going to be a weird thing to say. Russell Westbrook is going to play a weird hybrid thing where he's going to be a six foot two forward. Oh you my! Put, you put Russell Westbrook in the dunker. You put him at power forward. You put him in the dunker spot. He's so not that, so that when Harden when Harden drives and kicks, he has Paul George to kick, but he's got Russell Westbrook to just lay it off to in the dunker spot, and Westbrook then finishes there clean. Cool. And Russell Westbrook so, is a weird like so hybrid you, guard you, forward. So it'll work. You got those four on the court. It never worked in Rock. You got, those, you got those four on the court. Who who who's playing defense? Ooh, that's a great question. Kawhi and Paul. And who? And, <laughs> And whoever the fifth guy is, because he needs to stay on the court. Because <laughs> he needs to stay on the court. Yeah. What are we doing, man? You know Tucker, they got to right? play both ends. PJ. Yeah, PJ. He's play, yeah, okay. PJ's a grinder. So three yeah. guys playing defense. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. And what about your four and five or six, two and six, five. There you go. All right. It's okay. basketball in 2023. <laughs> okay, one other thing today, and this is eminently important. We kind of buried the lead here. But if you have a youngster, 12 and under, today, Halloween... Take them to Quick Trip between 4 and their kitchen's closing time and get a free vanilla cone. Free Ooh. vanilla cone for kids today at all Quick Trip locations. Oh, that's, that is finally important. The Quick Trip kitchens have a soft serve machine? Oh, yeah. yeah. That isn't broken all the time? It's not made down. You can always get a cone. You, you can get soft serve cones at Quick Trip. Yeah. Yeah. Quick They're Trip delicious. has everything. They'll now. make a shake for need, you. I didn't need to know this. Okay, Quick this Trip is information pizza is, I didn't yeah, need. Quick Trip pizza is outstanding. And oh, I knew best that. soft pretzels anywhere at the Quick really? Trip Kitchen. Yep, they're they're don't they're right there with Auntie Anne. Don't toy with me. So wait, really? what is do the not, age range for the toy with me for kids? Rock, are you gonna try to pretend that you're twelve? Listen, I got a baby face, but I don't know if I can pull off twelve. I think I can pull off like twenty eight, but so, I don't think I can get twelve. Oh, and by the way, kids must be dressed in costume oh. and trick or treat inside the Quick Trip location, but after four and before the thing. There's closes. a lot of rules to this. There are. So if you have rules. a kid twelve and under, probably has already a costume. So just take them in today after four and pick up the, your cone. My son's costume is concerning me. What is it? He's Michael Myers. Is he really? <laughs> yes. He's, has he watched the Halloween movies? He's, he's nuts, man. <laughs> he said he's nuts. Yes. I like this. He, he he's like, can I get? He got latex gloves and his little. I'm like, oh man, you, wow. you are losing it. So he just he picked this out on yes. his own. He said he didn't say. I feel like a lot of kids want Spider Man, no. Batman, he Superman, a mini Michael Myers, and he. <laughs> I'm going to send you all the pictures. I love away. that. Yeah, he's crazy. There's your Rush Hour reset on 101 ESPN. At 9.15, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Coming up, it's the official opening drive Halloween candy draft 2023. Let's see who wins next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
One of the most important things we do here on uh, the opening drive is we uh, talk about candy. And, uh, <laughs> Gotta do it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very important. Uh, and especially on a day like this. Werewolf for Mitzvah. Spooky, scary. Most becoming men. Men becoming wolves. It is <laughs> Halloween. What is that from? 30, 30 Rock. It's one of the <laughs> one of, it's, it's never. It's You've never of, watched that? Yeah, it's, it's oh, Tracy 30 Jordan. Rock is so good. Yeah. Tracy Jordan did a uh, holiday. Tracy, Morgan? Tracy Jordan. That's oh. his name on the show. Oh. His <laughs> name on the show is Tracy Jordan. He does a uh, holiday song. One of them is Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. Spooky know, scary. Tracy, uh, Tracy so, Morgan. I know. So, <laughs> no, Tracy Jordan. Uh, the person that deserves credit for this is uh, Michelle Smallman because we started this when she was on the program. And as a matter of fact, they were talking power rankings for candy this morning on their show before us here on 101 ESPN. But what we're each going to do is pick five candies. Each of us four are going to pick uh, five candies. Yesterday, we did rock, paper, scissors to determine the draft order. Matthew Rocchio won first easily right away. He did. I felt like I, I was cheating. I finished last. <laughs> second. Oh, sorry. Very easy. <laughs> did I say that out loud? Rook hates losing in case you haven't figured this out. <laughs> She's she a hater. She hates losing. She is extremely competitive. I'm not a hater. You're a hater. But yes, I felt like, because here's the thing. With rock, paper, scissors, everybody has different ways that they go about it. So we had to kind of restarted a couple times because we weren't all well, on the no, same page. we restarted it when you didn't win. <laughs> and then I wasn't there yet. No, no, we restarted it. We restarted it when Brooke came in there. Because remember, Randy, Randy was doing rock, paper, scissors, and then, but he would no, go on the third try. I would one, two, three, yeah. and you guys go do one, two, three, two. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I don't do you see, CD, I was doing us yeah, a favor. When we so. figured it out, when we got it correct, you still said, oh, no, 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 we ain't doing Okay, so here's the draft order. Rocky Carrie, Brooke, and Randy, and then I will, it's a snake draft, so I will also get the fifth choice. With the first selection in the 2023 opening drive Halloween candy draft, Matthew Rocchio. Ladies and gentlemen, this pick's easy. And I'm going to copy another great GM, uh, Sonny, from uh, Draft Day. Mm-hmm. Vontae Mack, no matter what. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, no matter what. Number Very one nice. overall pick, without a, without a doubt in my mind. That, that throws Randy's draft off. Uh, no, I, I, I anticipated that that was coming. He, he had signed Reese's before the show even started. Okay. Vontae Mack, no so, matter what. I was, it, was, it was always Vontae Mack. Mm-hmm. All right, no surprise there. Good selection. Yeah. All right. I'm thankful. Uh, with I... the second selection in the opening drive 2023 Halloween candy draft, Kerry Davis. The only one that matters, peanut M&M's. Oh. <laughs> yep. I like yep. this a lot. Yep. It's um, M&M's second when, overall. Um, when the uh, Rams came to St. Louis, Jay Zygmunt was part of their personnel department. He said one of the great things about drafting is that you're always going to have somebody there that you don't expect to be there because the Cardinals are in the league. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you saying something about Kerry's picks? Jeez. Eh, Just eh, saying. Uh, with the third selection. In the opening drive, 2023 Halloween candy draft, Brooke Grimsley. Blow pops. No, I'm kidding. You can leave. Uh, I am actually going to be strategic about this because I saw how angry people got when I said that M&Ms were my favorite Halloween candy. So I read the room. And while I want that to be my pick, it's not what I'm going with. We have to be very strategic about this. I'm going to throw a curveball at you guys. Reese's take fives. 
Oh, what Ooh. is happening? Let me put that on my uh, wonderful. Put, put that those on your are, Those so are cross ooh, it those are delicious. <laughs> are, I didn't even have wow. that on my list. Thank I, you. I, I, yeah. and, 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 and speedy off-ball linebackers are fun, but you don't take them third uh, overall. I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you know if they're Will Anderson. Not Look, sure that comes okay. take, take fives so, are rushers. amazing. The pretzel, uh, no, peanut butter, it has uh, everything that you want. In I, it. I am the uh, the St. Louis Rams uh, having Marcus Trufant come off the board. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that yours? No. no. Oh, no. <laughs> Not even he close. said he had to put him on the board to cross him oh, off. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. With the fourth selection, I select... I did not see this coming. I select the Snickers bar. <laughs> there it is. Wow. God, it's too easy. I figured that Gosh, was... You guys just I left it there for Somebody just texted in saying, how is Snickers not in the top three? I have no idea. Yeah. That's a good question. Uh, with the fifth selection in the 2023 Halloween candy draft. <laughs> character selects peanut butter M&M's. Oh, my uh, gosh. Nah. Wow. <laughs> Two different have kinds of M&M's in the top five. What is happening? I didn't see it coming. Me either. Let me just write it down here. There we All go. right, Brooke. Okay. I'm with glad everybody s- else likes M&M's. Okay. Brooke well, is uh, at number six with the six pick. Ooh. They could you go. Gotta, you got to go with your gut here, Brooke. You got to take them, Brooke. They could go. They're, they're, they they're, will they're, go. Okay. Offensive linemen right. are flying here off the go. board here right now. Here we go. A little similar, but a little different. We're going to go with Twix. Oh, oh dang it. Thought it would make it through to the second round. I was hoping. I, I was hoping it, it didn't. I was hoping. Wow. Right, nice fine. call. I like it. Good job, bad, Brooke. That's not a bad decision. Good I, job. I, I, I'm right. disappointed TV. that you chose that. Carrie's on the board. So. She took my answer. I was going to go Twix. It, it, you know, when you get the pick taken right before your pick, it, it, it throws you off a little bit. But mm-hmm. luckily for us, we have a solid pick, and we're going to go with Kit Kat. Dang it. Dang it. We'll go with Kit Kat. Dang it, Carrie. Kit Kat's a, good, a very nice call. Yep. God, Carrie, you took my pick. <laughs> you put me on my you put me, me on my break. back. You put Give me on me my back break. heel now with that selection. Break That's a good call. All right. Get bars. Uh okay, with the eighth selection, Matthew Rocchio. All right, close out the second round. Uh the pick is in. I got a little peanut butter. Now I need a little. I need something a little lighter. So I need some fluffy chocolate. Give me a Three Musketeers Ooh. here at the end of the second. You can have it. You don't like Three Musketeers? <laughs> you okay. can have it. Crazy carry. All right, and the first overall pick, or the first pick in the third round of the Halloween candy draft. Uh, the pick is in. Got a little peanut butter. Got a little chocolate. I'm gonna go with some fruit. Give me the Starburst. Mm. Okay, okay, I'll give them to you. Yep, you can have them. Okay. Uh, CD is up next. I'm up again. Oh, wow. Okay. This fast. is going, this is going fast. fast. All right. So be on your toes. I'm, I'm actually thankful because this is a pick that I know no one has on their list. And it's always, it's most often forgotten about. Blow pop. It's often forgot about, but until you bite into one, you don't know what you're missing. We're going to go with 100 grand. Oh, I've got oh. it on my list. That was almost what I great. took instead of, instead of my picks, Carrie. Those are, mm. That's a really good choice. Good that's choice. A, that's a value pick right there. Good choice. I don't like that. Getting the third round. I'm sorry. Almost 100 grand instead. Okay. Nicely okay. done. Rook right. is up. I'm ready. I'm ready. So we have some people mad on the text line because they're saying, you guys are getting all chocolate. And I do that's have to agree. Well, I know you just got a Starburst, but I kind of have to agree with them. I have to go with my other favorite outside of chocolate, 
and that's going to be Sour Patch Kids. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, I did. It was, it was, was coming up, in, it was was coming up any moment. Around. It was coming up at any moment. Thanks for letting, wow. making sure Carrie didn't get that with the fourth. I was hoping. That would have been, been a good value pick. I was Ooh, hoping. Doggy, that would have been a good draft. All right, hot corner, Carrie. All right, Randy. Okay, so uh, I am picking 12th and 13th here, and I'm getting the 6th and 7th players on my board. Oh, you like that. At number 12, Carriker goes simple with the regular Hershey bar. Oh, I thought you were going to say regular M&M's. Oh. The regular Hershey bar is delicious. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Now, uh, it's a, you know how you have groupings oh, of players that you like a lot? There's a gap between six and seven for you? Oh, yeah. Uh, Come on, man. Oh. Go with the board, Randy. Okay. Don't, don't second guess. No, that's I'm BPA. Go with the BPA. I'm, uh, uh, with the 13th <laughs> selection. Character selects the Almond Joy Bar. Wow. Ooh, controversial. Controversial. You can have Oh, it. yeah, I know people... It's a polarizing pick. <laughs> As but, Carrie uh, says, you can have it. You, you can know, have it. We, we, production plays in our, on our team. You can have it. All right. Uh, Brooke Grimsley is back now with selection number 14. You haven't is... pulled the trigger on this yet. Oh, it's, do it, that's, I, I was going back and forth. Do I go back to chocolate or do I do a, do a little sweet it on just, the other it side? It seems like a Brooke Grimsley player. We're doing Ooh. regular M&M's. Yeah, We're doing regular M&M's. Yeah. I almost took them. What? What'd you say, Carrie? Chalk. Yeah, you, no, you, they're you, delicious. Chalk. <laughs> yeah, you went. You there went you chalk. I see, I see what Carrie's yeah, saying. I see yeah, what Carrie's saying. I figured saying. that. I, uh, I, I almost took them, Brooke. I, 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 I just personally like the Almond Joy better. <laughs> this one pains me because I don't want to do it. What I wanted was the Sour Patch Kids. Mm. And Brooke took it. <laughs> and so I'm going to have to go. Yeah. I think my pick is in. Okay. I think we're still deliberating over here. You say what? Yeah, I might. I might. Um, we're gonna have to go with Skittles. Oh, there it was. Yeah. Well, Carrie, thank you for a good value late pick. I still get one of my true options later on. I mean, I guess you get Skittles if you can't get the M and M's. Rocchio with his last two picks here. Yes. All right, last two picks. Last pick of the fourth round is in. It's underrated. I don't know why. It's a little messy, but the Butterfinger is just still so dang good. I'm going to uh, go with Butterfinger. What would Carrie uh, say? You can have it. You can have it. <laughs> Butterfinger. So, I used to love they're them. They're so good. Oh, they I, don't, like, on my Butterfinger. I, don't, I don't need like a lot of them, but I just need it every once in a while, and Halloween's the perfect time for it. And you know what? We're going to start off the fifth rounder uh, with, I, I'm, I'm so happy I got this pick. There is something so simple. The, you know what? You know what's so so good about the M and M's? You rip it open one one just mouthful. Exactly. You're done. Yeah. Same thing when you get a little box of nerds. You oh. rip the top off the whole box of nerds straight down the gullet. Yeah. It always hits. Yeah. I'm gonna go with nerds to start out the fifth round. Yeah. I'll pass. All right. Okay. So I'm glad. Good. <clears throat> I'm glad with we, his final we, selection. We, we came back to what I needed because Mr. Carricker chose one thing, and it was it was I was a little nervous when he said it. But my pick is in. I'm going to go Hershey with almonds. Ooh. That's a great one. Ooh. Yep, that's a great one. I, I'm an almond guy. I like almonds. So mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. a really nice All pick. Right. Nicely done, Carrie. Nicely done. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I like the pick. I like As the you pick. could tell when I took uh, the almond joy. Yeah, almond yeah. joy has nuts. Mom's don't. Oh, that's the difference. Okay. Well, now we know. 
Okay, Brooke with her last selection here. Team Grim Reaper oh, Halloween. is going to go with Swedish Fish. Oh, oh my lord. <laughs> Keep I love Swedish Fish. I'm glad you do. <laughs> Somebody's got to buy it. Any character, Mr. Irrelevant. This was very difficult, and I was worried, actually, that Matthew, when he said, you, you just open the box and you pour them in your mouth, I was worried he was going to go here. Now, this is a very difficult choice for me. I'm trying to guess where you're going. I the have no little idea. box that you okay. open up and you pour the Junior Mints oh. Oh. Junior Mints. Uh, wow. By a nose. You go to movies on the Halloween? Hmm? You, go to, you go to the movies on Halloween? Uh, yeah. Okay. Junior Mints are great. You put them in the fridge or the freezer? Mm-mm-mm. And by the way, I took Junior Mints as just by an inch, by a hair, over the Milky Way bar. I love the Milky Way bar, and I, ha- I hate that it's sitting out there as an undrafted free agent, but it is. You know what else that we, we left on the board that I'm kind of disappointed but, in us? No one took Caramel Apple. I mean, do people yeah, give I mean, that out for not. Halloween? With razor blades in them, right? It's <laughs> never happened before. Never. No, never. never not once. in the whole world. That's so we have the we have the draft work. now finalized. Yep. It, it, we, should we go through it all? Yes, we should. All yes. right, here we go. My team. When I, uh, I started off selecting first of all Reese's peanut butter cups, three so musketeers. Taking Peyton Manning. Yep, three musket. Uh, three Reese's peanut butter cups, three musketeers, Starburst, Butterfinger, and Nerds. Mm-hmm. Carrie's team: peanut M and M's, Kit Kat, a hundred grand, Skittles, and Hershey with almonds. A little bit of everything there. Mm-hmm. I like it. Wafer, peanut butter, caramel, yeah, you uh, know about fruit, this candy and like almonds. You, you come to my house. I, I like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> too. Brooks team, Reese's Take Five, Twix, Sour Patch Kids, M&M's, and Swedish Fish. Interesting. Something about the, the sweet little shaped things, I guess, with when it comes to Brooke with the Sour Patch Kids and the Swedish Fish. And Randy Carricker goes Snickers, <laughs> peanut butter M&M's, Hershey Bar, Almond Joy, and Junior Mints. Traditional. Mine's a traditional and that will be up on the Twitter, and you guys can vote on who has the no best Halloween vote. candy draft. No need to vote. Oh, yeah. No There's need CD to vote? Yeah, no, I, you didn't. Variety no, you didn't. is the spice of life, but it might not be the way you win. Yeah, no, no, no. There's no need to vote. I told you, I'm, uh, I'm going all Ricky Henderson. Carry one. Text uh, Baby Ruth. <laughs> Nobody took the Baby Ruth. Get out of here with the Baby Ruth. Somebody said Rolos. Rolos are good, but I don't consider them a Halloween candy. Like, uh, I don't just <laughs> jump out to me as a Halloween Here's candy. Here's one that says CD candy. wins by a landslide. I don't think it's wrong. Uh, here's one that says Rock by a long shot, Thank and it's you. not even close. Rock, did you text that in? No, no, I did not. <laughs> uh, somebody said Randy got this. Rock in second. <sighs> so we've got... Yeah, uh, hey, we've got Randy, you're board. skipping where Time people are also giving me credit. Why are you yeah, skipping bro- that? Here, Brooke wiped the, wipe the floor with you, you fools. Caramel. No, you're, you're getting credit. Carrie's uh, the only person pieces. who put caramel on his list, and I, I got to res- God, that's a good move. Hey, yeah. Take fives have like a little layer of caramel. Do they really? It's, it's okay. I'm telling you, it's the perfect can you candy. Name, can you name the five layers? Um, it has a little bit of caramel, peanut butter, and then pretzel, and then obviously chocolate. Why? I thought it was a take five bar. There, <laughs> there's something else in there, but I it's can't remember what right it now. is. Look. Somebody wanted to, somebody to take Laffy Taffy. Listen, no. it was on my big board. It was low down there. Uh, if it's just the purple, I can eat it all day. Just the purple? I don't know. It's the only thing I like grape flavor, <laughs> but I can eat grape. I can eat purple Laffy Taffy all day long and not get sick of it. It's so freaking good. I don't know what it is. Somebody uh, texted in from the 314 said, Brooke picked the Jamarcus Russell of candies with her first pick. <laughs> you could have switched out Twix and Take Five, and it makes a lot more sense. Like if Twix is third no, but, overall. But if, you, if you've had a Take Manny, Five, she got is... Ryan Leaf. <laughs> Somebody says, Payday? 
I thought about payday. I had mm. I had too many, you know, too many peanut. Yeah, I, I was gonna. You're trying to balance it out. Trying to keep you'll it be able, yeah, You'll be able to vote on this on the on the Twitter machine, and we'll all retweet it later on. <laughs> Coming up next, uh, what scares you most on the St. Louis sports scene? We want to hear from you via text or the mic drop feature next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Matthew, Carrie, Randy, and Brooke. Carrie uh, and, and Matthew, uh, what makes what scares you most on the St. Louis sports scene besides making Brooke Grimsley angry? Oh, that listen, <laughs> you all don't yeah. find him. Oh my God, he is, he's, a, he's, a, he's a feisty one. Was it all times right now? It was. Listen, when we when we did the the draft order yesterday, it was not a a. It was we were told, hey, we're doing it again. Oh, okay, Brooke, no problem. We're doing it again. No problem. <laughs> There, are certain, there might be a few uh, YouTube commenters or texters who are writing checks that they will not be able to cash. Yeah. Brooke is a... Uh, Watch yourselves. Yeah. I'm just is, saying. Brooke is feisty. Don't, don't know what you're, the, you the do smile. not know what you're doing. There you go. See? So, uh, there, no. was, there was a, a text regarding the draft that Brooke vehemently disagreed with. And she looks at us. And the Grim Reaper look and says, I will fight you. Brooke Grimsley, apparently, a lot more run up if you want to get done up than I expected. I don't know, know, guys. It's just all in good fun. Totally joking. Um, (laughs) Until you're not. Yeah. I'm I'm not competitive whatsoever. Whatsoever. Uh, somebody, as we ask you, what scares you most on the St. Louis sports scene? Uh, One word answer from the 618 Mats. Oh. Oh. Hey, we like Steve yeah. Matt. Well, he's a great uh, guy. He's a one, friend of the show. And this one makes sense. Uh, making a bad trade involving Gorman. You don't want to make a bad trade. If you're going to trade Gorman, you better make a good trade yeah. for Gorman. Yeah, I think because it will come back to bite you, and that could be one of those names. But at this point, you almost have to trade. You you have to get pitching. That is the one thing that this team has been missing. That's what they missed all of last year was consistent pitching. And if that means you have to give up a a potential star player for what you hope would be really good pitching, really good starting pitching, I mean, <laughs> all trades aren't going to work out in your favor, but hopefully it does. Yeah. Uh, Palante? Is that so scary? Oh, Holy Trinity, by the way, pretty much I was going to say, they're yeah, gone. Dissolved. What happened yeah. with Jacob Barnes? Yakub? Yakub. Yakub. Uh, he Sorry. elected free agency. After <laughs> he, he, he did? He, he elected free agency. Yep. Yes. And so did C-Law. So he's not around anymore. Their decisions? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they, they had the opportunity to go to Memphis. And uh, uh, rather than go to Memphis, they elected free agency. Okay. Mm-hmm. I understand mm. that. That makes sense. This is pretty good. Yeah, I've seen we'll that when they play in MLB 2K. Which um, <laughs> <laughs> is basically what they'll be doing next year. Oh. Hey, Dave. They can afford the game. They play you, Major if League you don't Baseball. like it, play better? Yeah. That's pretty much how it, how it goes. Yeah. That's how baseball go. Yeah. Uh, what scares me is while the Cardinals only care about backing into the playoffs, other teams are becoming juggernauts. One of my favorite statistics is that for the last three seasons, the playoff National League playoff team with the least wins has found itself in the World Series. Atlanta won it in 21. Philadelphia had the l- least wins of any playoff team. Last year went to the World Series. And now this year... It's the Arizona Diamondbacks. They have the least wins of any playoff team. So, so backing into the playoffs is not a bad thing. So you're thing. saying we got a chance. If you get in, if you get in the playoffs, you, you have a chance. You get in the right? tournament. 
But yeah. you got you, you have to actually get in the tournament. That's the key. Yeah, yep. you can't be twenty games back. No, and they yes. have, they have a lot to fix. But uh, backing in, just getting is in is what matters. No, Doesn't matter. matter how you got in, as long Man, as you get in. Get in and see how how it plays out. Trust me. Yep. Anything uh, can happen. Here's a scary one from the three one four. The television rights dispute goes awry, causing both the Cardinals and the Blues to have to slash salaries. Ooh. Oh. That would be scary. That's, I honestly, and this is just my perception of how all this would go out. The Cardinals, I feel like, would be fine, right? Because, one, you have great viewership, you have great numbers, you also have people coming in. There's a lot of ways that this affects things where they could even start essentially their own network, which is something that you've seen in New York with the Yes Network, and then also with, um, what do they Cubs have? And in? Yes, Marquee. And the Dodgers have one too. Yes, exactly. And you would hope that maybe the Blues could attach themselves to yeah. that. I think it would definitely, it will affect NHL teams more than any other teams, essentially. Mm-hmm. Cardinals and Blues, uh, we're thinking outside the box here, but you'll need programming from 7 to 10 in the morning when you have games at night. Cameras here, uh, and just put us on your, your little channel there. There we go. They're beautiful yep. faces. Hey, we, we've got mic drops. Uh, Aaron, what scares you on this Halloween about the St. Louis sports scene? You know what scares me the most is the fact that Mose Locke and DeWitt actually don't care about the team winning and losing. It's just, you got three million fans that come through the turnstiles, and that's all they care about. So, good luck with trying to get even one pitcher this year. It's going to be another mess like it was last year. Here's my question. Do you think that Cardinal fans, three million strong, are going to blindly walk through the gates for a non-playoff team? Not, not, mm-hmm. not they won't continue to. But I, I will push back on what Aaron says, because I, I do disagree. I think they, I am sure they care about winning, mm-hmm. but maybe care about how much is spent in order to win a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. if it's a business, the the goal of a business is to make money. It's not to spend more than you make. And so... You know, I, I think they care about winning, but I think they're doing it on a budget in terms of not spending, you know, an exorbitant amount of money as 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 you see from the Yankees or the 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 Dodgers, the Mets, the, the, Mets, the Padres, all those teams that didn't yep. make the playoffs either. We're all watching the Diamondbacks and the and the, uh, the Rangers. Diamondbacks, huh? <laughs> we're we're watching them all. So <laughs> <laughs> I think they care about winning, but you have to find the balance of yeah. okay, we can spend money here. But we're not going to spend money here. Now we talked about it. You potentially need to sign some of those young players, like what the what the mm-hmm. uh, Atlanta Braves have done, and keep them under contract for the next six, seven, eight years to lessen the amount of money you will have to spend in the future. Yeah, spend money now to save money later. That's going to be the key. Let's get one more mic drop, Timothy. Quickly. What scares me the most is the Cardinals doubling down on this front office they have. That not with times right now they just keep on you know going with the same old thing. Not valuing talent where they need to be and then letting my fear is they'll let um, Flores go and take another GM job somewhere else when he is the gem in that front office and should be the future of that front office and then they double down on guys like Gersh and Mo who just aren't cutting it anymore. Thank you, Timothy. Interesting take and that's uh, it's not an illegitimate take. I would differ only in that I think the Cardinals need to, not need, I wish the Cardinals would have an outside voice. The last time the Cardinals brought an outside voice into their organization from another major league team, uh, uh, somebody who whose voice was listened to, 
was Tony La Russa in 1996. I think that's long enough to not have new thoughts. Yeah, 27 years. Yeah. That's so, uh, nice. <laughs> What's what going on right now? We, we've got Halloween Hell going on. What is, is happening? <laughs> yeah, it, things, it, it looks I, like I, the uh, 101 ESPN <laughs> sales staff has put together their Halloween costume. Right, I'm going to give you that? a, a, a peek into the, the window of my sales soul. team. Sales team is wacky, waving, inflatable, arm flailing tube. Those things scare the hell out of me. Wacky, waving, inflatable, arm flailing tube men? Those things freak me out. That's great. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, uh, it's kind of creepy. Let's head down the stretch. We've got uh, Rock and Roll next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. want to rock! And roll. Heard our 101 ESPN opening drive. Let's rock. Let's rock. Uh, our, our draft, our Halloween candy draft. You'll be able to hear it after the show on our podcast, brought to you by Dobbs Tire Auto Centers at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 ESPN app. Matthew, what do you got for us? Well, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Dabo Sweeney not very happy with Tyler from Spartanburg. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give to you 78 seconds of a man who makes $8 million yelling at some random caller on his radio show. What's this guy's name? Tyler. Hey, Tyler, I've, I've listened to enough of you, Tyler. Listen, uh, you, can, you can have all your opinions that you want, all right? I don't know how old you are. Don't really care, all right? But let me tell you something. Uh, we won 11 games last year. And you're part of the problem, to be honest with you, because that is part of the problem. It's people like you that do that. All you do is ex- the appreciation, the expectation is greater than the appreciation, mm. and that's the problem. Part of the problem is the appreciation. I used to tell people all the time, "It's say, what's the difference in Clemson?" I'm gonna tell you, at Cle- at some places there's an expectation, but at Clemson there's an appreciation. And what's happened at Clemson is is we've won so much that even when we – it used to be the funds and the winning. Now even when you win, people like you complain and criticize the coaches and question everything. You, you, people like you, all right, and I'm where I am because I've worked my ass off every single day. And I ain't going to let some smart-ass kid get on this phone and create this stuff. So if you got a problem with that, I don't care. Good for Dabo. <laughs> that was incredible. Signed every coach in America. Uh, every <laughs> coach in America. You make $8 million. Whether he, he's actually making eleven. <laughs> yeah, like 11, you, yeah. You Doesn't matter. Baby. Listen, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, lifestyle, if someone it? comes on the radio and critiques your work every single time you go out and perform, you're going to clap back at some point, too, no matter how much you make. So good for him. Not going to let you come on here, care how old you are. Doesn't matter. We work out, but those guys put in hours upon hours upon hours, and then you go out there and you don't Which get guys? the W. The Which coaches. Guys? The coaches, okay. The coaches put in more hours than the players. Trust and believe that, brother. And trust and believe that. And it's on the players to perform after the coaches put in all those hours. Those coaches, man, I've seen. Listen, man, 
I've, I came into the players' lounge one day in Tampa, and Monty Kiffin was asleep on the couch. <laughs> I believe me. Yeah, is he doing it? Oh, let me cut this light off. What? What? I've gone into, we've gone into team meetings, and John Gruden is blinking, rubbing his eyes, talking about I, 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 I might not be married in the morning. I slept here all night. Like I, I, this is what they, they literally spend their lives watching film, preparing for games. And then players are are asked to go out there and perform. And if the players stink it up, it's not because the coaches ain't put in time. It's because the players have to perform. And so Dabo Sweeney does a good job in recruiting. He does a good job in, you know, coaching. He's proven that he can be a champion because he's done it. And they're not having a good year right now. Among many fan bases, college and pro, there is a lack of understanding that only one team can win every year. And... There, there's a lack of nuance for those people that think that it is an easy thing to do. And he's right. What uh, Dabo's right. Uh, they've done what only had happened three times in 150 years at Clemson. And it's sad when you get to be so good as an organization that people don't appreciate winning anymore. They can only appreciate championships. Yeah. And, and don't appreciate what you've done, but only what's happening at the moment. Hey, I would I'd get paid that kind of money to take that kind of heat, though. That, there's there's good and bad that comes with it, right? Yeah, there is, but it's it, it's not good for the fan base. It's, no. It, but is there the, the is there any fan so. base that is not angry and where everybody collectively is happy all the time? And no. I'm, I'm asking this now no, because there, there's, I, there's I don't think there's ever. Like that. But if, if you're Clemson, you should be really happy with two championships in the last seven years. You should. Mm-hmm. Seeing as how they hadn't won in 35 yep. years. Yep. So there Good you have it. Can always be waiting like some others. Uh, we'll be able to vote yeah. on our uh, candy draft <laughs> teams on the Twitter machine. We'll have that set up a little bit later, Matthew. Yes, it's going to be out of here just in just a moment. Great job by our producer, uh, audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Thank you. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, did you have fun even though you got angry? I didn't get angry. How about that? I'm just competitive. Oh, my God. What did you do to that body? How I'll about that? I'll you. <laughs> competitive. CD. Yes, they do. Hey, y'all have fun <laughs> trick-or-treating tonight. Be safe out there if you're driving around after dark. Uh, slow down. Slow down. Take slow it down, easy. Uh, enjoy your Reese's or peanut butter M&M's or peanut M&M's or Snickers. or Take, take five. Take five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't you, don't you say it like that. Randy, it's delicious. It is delicious. Have you had a take five? I will bring you in a take five tomorrow. I will bring a take in. I'll bring it in. I will try this out. I can't believe you. They're so addicting. but it's not. It's not something that I need. Uh, We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us. Until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great Taco Tuesday, everyone. (laughs) You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.